Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation You got to unleash the power of the pyramid This is Mike Semper from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio uh, This is Kenny Omega, we're listening to One Nation Radio Check it out guys, these guys know what's up Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and I'm here with the ultimate light skin, Rich Lotta. What's going on? Not much, man. Just, uh, you know, I had a fun weekend, and I was, uh, you know, shouts out to all the moms out there that's uh, listening. And uh, I was with my mom yesterday making TikTok videos, uh, dancing on hers, and I was making some comedy videos on mine, and... Um, chilling with uh swerve this weekend and was getting into some music stuff so you know it's all right took that ride out to orlando with no traffic in the middle of a so, pandemic too in the middle of a pandemic so yeah you know living yeah. on the wild side yeah so when you know eventually they shut this shit all down we can blame richard Derek latta he's, <laughs> he's the one that broke the bubble <laughs> Yeah, man. Like it was either that, or I was gonna, you know, go out there and, um, you know, start protesting in front of the courthouse and doing squats and sit ups and all that other stuff. <sighs> Come on, man. all right. I guess you got to talk about Florida. This wasn't on the sh- on the show sheet, but uh, Florida, Florida, how you always embarrass me. Florida, how I always still love you, regardless. Um. Yeah, so there was a, uh, a a small protest on some um, city hall looking uh, building in Florida about wanting um, folks to uh, get their I guess their their rights to be able to work out at the gym again, and they did part of this uh, protest by doing calisthenics. Which thereby proves that you do not need the fucking gym to get your sweat on or your pump on or whatever you want to call it when you work out, you fucking morons. Yeah, uh, man. And they was doing squats, holding the American flag, and 
bro i saw that and that's like that's right as you go over the bridge of clearwater beach like that's where that is wait it wasn't it wasn't florida it was actually pinellas county yeah it was clearwater beach oh shit yeah literally that's like that's the, that's the kind of me minutes rich, from the crib yeah, yeah that's the kind of me and rich living by the way uh folks so yeah that clearwater is rich has lived in clearwater i've lived in clearwater when i was younger i've lived most of my life in a town that is adjacent to clearwater rich right now currently lives in it in a town that's adjacent to clearwater yeah um all all bad oh all, all bad <laughs> yeah so if y'all saw that on the news you know that's you know right near us so <laughs> but yeah, yeah we got, oh, we, we, we another got thing another thing about that whenever you saw like a month ago when you saw people packing the beaches with uh with uh what do you call it spring breakers or whatever that was also clearwater beach are you are you sensing a theme here this yeah. bullshit is happening around us correct they're trying to like somebody trying, trying to get, to get your boys is trying to get rid of one nation radio somehow some way yeah like jay-z scarface and beanie siegel said but um we've got a lot to get into like literally going back to wednesdays and of course you know uh we had the head-to-head the last dance um with money in the bank kind of i've seen like almost all of both uh Mm -hmm. i did not finish the seth and drew match but i'm hearing good things about it um and i did not see the the wyatt Strowman title match, but I saw everything else. So okay, yeah. So I mean, before we get into that, uh, and before before we delve into even the Jordan stuff, I think um, one thing I need to ask you is, um, how much of or any of it did you see of the Erica Badu and Jill Scott? Oh, uh, I was locked in. You was locked in, huh? Oh, I was locked in, bro. I was, you know, I had to, you know, I I, I was smelling the essential oils through the phone. You know, I was, you know, um. Trying not to look Erica Badu in the eye for too long, you know, because then I might have to just, you know, break quarantine and go get, get one of them hats, you know, that we was talking about on here yeah. last week. Yeah, um, she had the Bruce Lee playing in the background in the in the back. I don't know if you remember in um, uh, New Jack City when uh, when uh, what's his name Wesley Snipes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Nino Brown had uh, G Money and Old Girl there, and he had like the movie in the background, but it was Scarface. Like she had Bruce Lee playing in the background. It was just like the aesthetic was like right. crazy. It like it was on a, Jill, on a black and white projector, yeah. Right, and then Jill was out there just like you know they were just playing funk, like yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't check it out uh, for no particular reason other than these are uh, two people that I know I know of some of their music but it was not there was not something I followed in the late 90s or early 2000s um, that that soul could I guess uh, the last 20 years of soul singing is not really my my steez or whatever else like I'm kind of like contemporary R&B in the like um, having you know having a lot of the um, musical sensibilities fit in line with you know hip hop of the time that's more my thing uh, but like I respect both of them like uh, Erica Badu you know I, I think like you talk about you know the how she is a bit of a man eater and she quote unquote the people that she uh, she's has, turned she has lured uh, has these like weird stretches of their careers uh, musically and I tend to disagree because like 
you know, the most notable one is like the one that you know has one of the best discographies in the history of profession of of music. So <laughs> I, I disagree, but whatever. Um, yeah, I just um, another thing is like I listened to Stakeonia, uh this week. I was listening to a lot of um, like best of Outcast type stuff. Like I was on Spotify and it's like clicked on the this is Outcast thing and it's like I forgot how awesome like uh my humble mumble is so I was like oh yeah that's like this that is like you know the Eric Badu Outcast song and it's just dope so I'm like <laughs> I just can't I, I you know as you were saying the stuff about like leading up to the Jill Scott Eric Badu thing I'm just like. Here come Rich. He about to come off with these same jokes he's been saying for like for a year, for years, and, I, I, and I'm just gonna be like, nah, man. But but yeah, like, um, well, who, who, who are, who's people like, saying one? Well, um, no one really. Everybody was just kind of enjoying it. Um, okay, nah, so it was basically I, like people took it the same way that they took it, where like they're both just like. Yeah, play that hard shit, Jill. Oh, yeah, play that hard shit, Erica. They were both like, yeah. you can see they were both like, you know, really putting on for each other because, you know, there's genuine love there between the two. It wasn't as much of a competition. And, and there was like, I believe there was a song that Jill Scott wrote for Erica Badu that she played. So it was like, yeah, oh, this, got is, me. this yeah. is so many styles. Oh, this is a group. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and it was, uh, I, I wouldn't call myself an expert on any of their catalogs or anything, mm-hmm. but when you start just hearing this, I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, I remember that hearing that right, when I was right. coming up or whatever. My mom would play this, da, 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 and I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I tuned in for, you know, about 20, 30 minutes or something like that. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask you nothing stupid like, was they looking good? Because the answer was, hell yeah, dummy. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, is Jill Scott still the first team, is the first number one pick all time in the BBW One Nation radio draft? She's still number one overall. Hey, ever. man. I mean, there's her. There's Dasha Polanco uh, from Orange is the New Black. You know, I mean, I'm not going, I'm not going to go too far. I didn't want to start just dropping we, a bunch we, of names, but I mean, but, yeah, I thought I think last time we left it, she was number one. Is uh, anybody, is we, anybody we like came for the crown? I, I think I think Dasha would be the one. Um, uh, I don't know. We have to probably continue this uh, conversation in the Discord if y'all want want to holler at us <laughs> about about uh, something like that. So I am not putting this on recorded air. Uh, you know, going too think, far into that, that list. I, I think that's smart. I think that's smart. So um, join the Discord <laughs> under the One Nation Radio tab. Who is on your list? <laughs> oh man! Look, we, we I mean, I mean, Nia Jax. Look, Nia Jax got to get a spot. Yeah, yeah, she's she's, she's high. She's she's high somewhere on the list. I haven't I haven't figured where I don't figure figured out where she is. I don't know if it, I don't think it's Mount Rushmore. I'm not even sure if it's the Pantheon, but like she she's got to be uh out of you know the tiers from uh one to five. She got to be at least a t- uh, four tier. The yeah. higher you go, the better it is, not the lower. So right, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I mean, I guess we got to get into the the Jordan Doc stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about last week's uh, edition of the two episodes? Or do you want to just put talk about like the last four we got? Because we, you know, we're let's put them together. Put them together. Okay. Yeah. So, the last four episodes cover from the uh, from the ninety two uh, season to his return and his first title um, back from retirement in ninety six. Uh, I thought that last night's or last night's two episodes were from a humanistic standpoint, 
of getting to know the man beyond the uh, beyond the accolades and um, the greatness. I think if you were looking for more than just he's a he was a great athlete, watch his great highlights and the stories of his greatness, find out something human about him, know something about him. I think these were the two episodes for you. Um, and honestly, for me, like this is kind of around the time where it goes from being like, oh yeah, I, I know when I was a kid, I know of Michael Jordan. He's the best basketball player in the world to like, I love Michael Jordan. Like, so like this run from the retirement to the comeback is like when I start, like my memory is like sharp as a sharp as iron, uh, you know, when it comes mm-hmm. to like the Jordan memory stuff then. So um, for me, it's, I, I, I really enjoyed these, these past four episodes. Uh, I, 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 I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, what you got in these last four episodes? The last two last night, I was terribly bored. Mm. Um, I don't know why, but it was just like, I really don't care about going through the baseball thing again. Uh, it was sad seeing about his dad dying and, mm-hmm. you know, all that. And thinking about like Mike was 30 years old <laughs> when that happened. And, yeah. um, but yeah, overall, it was like you know, I a, a lot of the stuff I knew, but you know, it's it's interesting in hearing you know how he acted uh, as a baseball player uh, in that team dynamic compared to you know <laughs> what he was doing in the NBA. Um, um, yes, very very interesting. Um, yeah, I uh, I think for me, um, when it came to the Jordan stuff, when it came to the retirement, like. People talk really big about uh, the conspiracy theories of, well, was he suspended by Stern or the league or whatever else? And this was some version of an 18-month suspension because of the gambling. And, you know, he spent his time by doing that. And now he's back. And people love talking about and running away with that conspiracy theory. But, like, over the past, you know, 25 years. But the one thing that, like, watching this documentary and remembering what was happening in baseball at the time, like, and remember, like, some of the players in the work stoppage in 94, when we didn't get a 94 uh, World Series. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago White Sox, was a big proponent in the reason why we had a work stoppage in baseball. And it's never thought of in some... I don't think I've ever really ever heard about it being brought up as far as... I've never heard of nothing theory, like that. The conspiracy theory that... Jordan retires. He wants to play baseball. Okay, come play baseball for my baseball team. We're having a we're we're heading towards a work stoppage in baseball. Okay, I have a World Series contending legitimate contender, and I have a uh, league MVP in Frank Thomas. I am going to then cut my. I'm basically going to help shut down that World Series. And then Michael Jordan has nothing to do, so he possibly has to get the itch to come back. No one, I don't think I've heard anyone ever bring that up, but like, I'm not saying that actually happened, but like, the, all these things are in place to where if you were to be a conspiracy theorist about it, like, you could go about it and try to connect more dots if you wanted to, but like, it's there for someone to speculate about, and like, we always hear about the gamble, but not that. And I always found, I was just like, last night, like, I thought about, I was like, huh, how come no one has? That's weird. Yeah, I, I can't say I've ever heard of that um, theory yeah. before. Um, 
it was the whole first retirement thing. Honestly, is just bizarre. It had to be a like, fuck. To, if, like if, imagine if, like. <laughs> Rich, imagine, imagine being instead of being born and you were born eighty nine or ninety, right? Eighty nine, yeah. Imagine being born in in nineteen eighty and, and this happened. Yeah, even like, like hold on, you're thirty years old and you're just retiring. Like right. why? Right. Like, and then Magic had retired at thirty one, obviously due to a debilitating illness, like three right. years before yeah, that yeah. or whatever. People thought right? he was going to, most people, Yeah, most people thought that like most people thought that he was going to die. Right. <laughs> yeah, I um, I, yeah, it's, it's it's really strange. And another thing about it is like while he's retiring, it's like you see like the like the career, NBA career obits on him at the time, and they're showing it, and like you hear Tom Brokaw talk about it, and everybody else is like, after those first three rings, most people consider him the greatest basketball player of all time. Then, and like. To hear that and hear the, how like colored this stuff is now, when like hearing about all the all the old motherfuckers that like hated Kobe and hates LeBron, it's just like okay. So when he won his three in a row, that was fine. That was enough to just go crown him. And now like we've gone to a place of of such such hyper critical nonsense and hate and flat out hating that like. Nah, we can't, we don't even do that now. Like you, you must get seven or fuck off. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting, and it's like, damn. So y'all was really, the, but what happened to this? This rings culture is real, real new. This is some real, you know, the rings culture is some real uh, millennial shit. Because like, imagine nowadays if they did, if they people were trying to say this with Jordan, they'd be like, well, and obviously, honestly, I'd be like, you kind of have a point here when it's like, okay. Kareem has six rings as well. Uh, Kareem has six MVPs. Jordan's five. Bill Russell has 11 fucking championships. Magic Johnson has five championships. Y'all want to crown this dude for quote unquote only three? Like, it it, it would be a fucking... Isn't it, it was funny? Like, Skip Bayless would hate Michael Jordan. <laughs> nah, no, like because no. he he had three with three back to back finals MVPs. He with would have hated Jordan now if he was if Jordan was basically if we had this whole internet age whoever if Skip Bayless or whoever the Skip Bayless of the time was he would have been hating the same way that Skip Bayless hates on LeBron. It's fucking like wild. Skip like, be right, huh? Skip be right. Skip said that it was okay for Michael Jordan to uh, keep Horace Grant uh, from being able to eat after games if uh, Jordan deemed that his game was subpar. Fuck Skip Bayless. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Get the fuck out of here. Like, if you, you talk about, and this is, we'll cover this uh, talking about a little bit later, but like getting to the, you know, Jordan was a bully, Jordan was an asshole stuff that was in episodes, uh, you know. Um, the last, this week's episodes or whatever else, but Jordan would have fit well with uh, JBL and you know Ron Simmons and uh, the Undertaker and you know the culture. Yeah, sounds sounds real interesting. Actually, no, he wouldn't because like they would have been like, yeah, he's tall but he's skinny. Doesn't have to look for this business. <laughs> they would have ran him out of here. They would have ran him out of here. But um, yeah, I just I I just uh the Jordan stuff. For um, for for the comeback, 
I I thought that like uh, I thought that the skip the the, the Gary Payton stuff where he just like Jordan don't concede anything, bro. He don't concede anything. Like for them to talk about the '96 Finals and to not point out that like and the, and then like to go with the part about Jordan's mind was on his father not playing, even though like. The, the Bulls annihilated them in the first three games. Like then, all of a sudden, like, last three games, like his mind's on somewhere else. It's like that's convenient, but like, like your dad, like his mind wasn't on his dad. Like the whole seventy-two wins during the season, right? Right. 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 And, and then, like, look, man, Gary Payton the, is one the, of the, the funny like, Jordan four... excuses are like the, the funny Jordan excuses are just like kind of hilarious because these are a lot of things I used to say just get shouted down uh, like last decade when talking about, you know, uh, I thought people should have respected Kobe. Like, you know, I was like, well, he went to the finals more times. Well, he played in a tougher era against like better defenders and everything like that. And you're just like, no, no, no. I'm like, look, man, this man was getting guarded by Hershey Hawkins, John Starks, Jeff Hornacek, Dan Marley. Imagine what Kobe would have done to them, them same people. Like, it, 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 I don't know. It, so, some of the stuff is like mythology, and then a lot of it is just like is, is wrapped in this presentation. But I feel like we all have our own kind of feelings on, like, you know. I think his career played out like in that sense, kind of like how it was supposed to. Like, you wasn't supposed to win in '95. Like, I don't want to hear the bullshit about you trying to roll out of bed and steal a ring, um, and yeah. and you come out there and get your ass spanked. Like, yeah, nah, yeah. man, like all this shit about yeah, they would have won eight straight. You you fucking believe that? No, like no. I don't. No, I never believe that. And another thing when it comes to like the '95 team when he comes back is like people talk about that that steal. Or how, you know, Nick Anderson got him from behind in the end of game one. And it's like, yeah, that happened. But it's like, Jordan played well in that series. Like, Jordan averaged over 30 in that series. Right? And I think he scored 38, like, over 35 in a few of those games. It's just they lost because, like, they didn't have a Horace Grant or a Dennis Rodman on that team. Like, when they, I think when he came back, I think when he came back, they were, like, either 500, like, 34 and 31 or something like that when he came back. So it's yep. like that wasn't that like people confuse the ninety four team and ninety five teams. I think was what happens with people. So it's like, oh, you know, Jordan didn't have his basketball body back, or whatever else, which is true. But it's like that team also stunk, and like Jordan like played, you know, was almost Jordan at that time. It wasn't like you know he was like, oh my god, he can't dribble with anymore with two hand, or you know with his left hand. It was like he was just yeah, it didn't he was, happen. You know, yeah. Um, like I, I think that I think that the '96 stuff with his dad for me was like touching because like that I remember specifically the Father's Day thing and I didn't remember much else about that series aside from like they won they they smoked them the first three games and then like jo- P- or Payton starts guarding Jordan and like Jordan is not playing well and then like they win Game Six on Father's Day and then I remember him crying like crying on the floor. One thing that this that this show uh, that this documentary got was, I had no idea that there was audio of him of him just like, just like, man crying, just sobbing and like just so gutting uh, to hear it. And I and it, for me it hit me in a different way because I was like, I remember this footage of him just laying on the ground crying. I didn't know if this was him like you know, 
you know, crying it, you know, crying his soul out onto that onto the the the, uh, the trainer's uh, floor. Um, so that was it for me. Um, but yeah, I think I think the thing for me that's kind of getting long in the tooth is uh, them trying to stretch the '98 season into being something more than it actually right. is. When they keep going back, when it's like if they, I, I, I see what they're doing the narrative device to try to like inform you for the past of why this season was so important, but it's like. The 98 season should have just been, like, the last episode and we call it a day as opposed to these things we keep coming back to. Um, because, like, you look at these seasons, like, the 98 season is the 98 season the least important season of, of him in the 90s? Um, I would probably say the 90... <sighs> no, that one's, like, the most mythologized because it has the shot and everything like that. I'd probably say the third title. The third title, yeah. I mean, but that's fresh off of. I mean, I, maybe I'm just confusing it because, like, I'm also mixing that along with well, one. Like, '93 might be their best team, um, talent wise, and then also, like, for me, it just felt like you have to. You almost put the '92. I almost put like the dream team with '93 together as one thing, and that's probably unfair. But you're so you might be right, but like '93 might be the best Bulls team out of that whole run. Mm. Like talent wise, because it's like it's Jordan like at the peak of his powers. It's Scotty like just a defensive force. Horace Grant's a defensive force as well, and like they're just killing all these teams that like you know only have two ball handlers and they're pressing motherfuckers. Like that's another thing when you talk about like the NBA like now versus. Can you imagine trying to press? I don't give a damn if you have two Kawhis like uh like Jordan and. Like, let them niggas try to press Kyrie Irving. All right. Not even that. It's like, how are you gonna you gonna press an NBA when you have now at this point at at, the, at minimum three guys on the floor that can bring the ball up now or four or five now in this league? This back back then, there's only two dudes that can bring the ball up. Now there's four. Sometimes I think a lot Good of this luck. stuff is like actually like in, in them trying to build up like the mythology of this area era is like for anyone that really knows the game. I think he's blowing holes in it. Well, I mean, but you got to keep in mind, like a lot of people don't really know or care about that. Like when they when they put up that seventy two, uh, do you notice when they did the seventy two? Talked about how they got the seventy two, and they wore the hats and they said it don't mean a thing without the ring. Am I the only one that sat there and felt like that was shade towards the sixteen warriors? Because I felt like that was shade. Probably, um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like. Even going through that at the time, I was like, yo, is this the greatest team ever? And then, like, you look back and it's like, well, look at the, you know, let's say after 90, let's say, like, after 92, right? You start looking at some of these teams, like, it's perfect examples, like the Jazz. It's like, were the Jazz really a better team, like, in the late eight, in the late 90s than they were in the late, or in the early 80s, or early 90s? It's like, I don't think so. Like, at that point, you have, you know, Stockton Malone in their mid thirties, like their third best player is what Jeff Hornacek. Hornacek. Uh, I don't know. Like I just think that like the West got super weak. You know. Um. I, I don't know. It, it's 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 really hard to explain, especially when you like. I watched, I think um, the West was really competitive at the time, but the thing was there was like a star on like every team at least. There was like or, uh, yeah, Robinson or on the Spurs or two, yeah. Like yeah, the Lakers were trying the to get like, back. These teams were like you have 
two dudes that you know are like are worth a damn, and everybody else is like, this is before we got to specialists, where it's like, all right, we'll put you know, like uh, Kyle Corver. No, is he some superstar? No, but like he has he's a he's a deadly weapon because he has his one skill or two skills, and you have to account for that, and it makes it harder to defend the whole floor. You watch these. I, I watched um. Barkley's fifty was it fifty six points against the Warriors? Yeah, yeah. I watched that last week. Um, and the, the thing about that is like Latrell Sprewell is also like mash him in the first half. This was crazy, but um, like you watch the game and it's like none of these dudes are like real threats to actually defend. Like even with you know most of these dudes like not being you know or having everything's being compacted inside the free throw line or whatever else, and it's like. How many skills do these dudes actually have, or or just were not flat out used? And I can't really I can't really tell the difference. And it's like the league is so like Jordan, Barkley, Malone, Elijah, Juan, Shaq, Pippen. Those dudes will still thrive the same way they always have. It's just like the bar for the average NBA player is so far raised now compared to then, as far as the skills that they exhibit now. It's like that. I just don't think that you. I don't. Th- I, I feel like you can compare the greats, but like as far as like, talking about like which the rank and file, better, like nah, man. Nah, the, like, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, and you hear people talk about it when they talk about like um, people that have been leaves for a long time, like long, like the vets from this era as it's changed to the three point shooting. Like I remember JJ Redick was like, the level of conditioning you have to be in to be able to spin the floor for you know to out to thirty feet now is like so far beyond what we were doing when I was a rookie or when I was a young boy, you know, coming out of Duke and I was like, Pretty probably right. Um but yeah, and I mean I I just think that, you know, the games are so different that the only thing I can really judge is like I th- I feel like, you know, when people talk about, you know, will so and so survive the physicality of the nineties, I'd be like, All right, I want you to watch this Barkley game and see where like Barkley just gets to whatever spot he wants to on that left block. <laughs> <laughs> with ease like no one's no one's pushing him out so far like i mean they're pushing him out far from behind they're not denying him or being over the top of him or any of that stuff and it's like obviously the defensive rules are different but it's like even if you play somebody's back you can you know, they'll wait, they, they will wait for you to get the ball then beat you up yeah yeah as opposed to you know the smart thing which is like don't let him get the ball or deny as much as you can but whatever it's just it's just the, the rules are different I just think that the great players would have been great in whatever era in the, in the last like 25 years or so 30 years whatever you want to say but like average player nah nah like I, but um you know I, I thought it was super duper fun for me to watch like the, the dream team stuff though I mean it about like uh, going through the magic and Jordan thing, and they they talked about that on the Dream Team doc. And I think a lot of problems with this recent um, batch could be like the last two episodes that you saw could be mm-hmm. the fact that like, for example, a lot of that stuff was covered ground. Like when they did the Knicks in um, the winning time pot or um, epi- the winning time um, you know Knicks and Pacers rivalry of the nineties right. that covers Jordan's retirement, right? Um, the Jordan rides the bus thirty for thirty covers his baseball stuff. Um, uh, the, this magic moment covers the ninety five Bulls when they beat Jordan. Like a lot of this stuff is like been covered by ESPN his damn self for like hours. So it's like you're going like you y'all are glossing over things that y'all have whole documentaries on already. So, yeah. I was I was struggling like I was like <laughs> then like oh like just coming in and out. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm, 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 
we're about to get to we're about to get to the good stuff. So like once we get to the, once we get to this flu game shit and, and getting and going to watch him, you know, destroy Carl Malone. It's, it's about oh, to be real. Yes, yeah, it's about to be real fun. Like um, I saw my dog Reggie on there last night. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting too because like that's also like that's the first time they ever got pushed out to seven. Yeah. Right. So um, I wonder if that game's online. I might watch it. It was a dog. It fight. is. It, okay. I believe it is. Yeah. Should I? I want to watch it, but I know it's going to be bad. Yeah, it's going. I, I it's. I believe it's in the eighties, and, and it's just junk basketball. I like, know. As far as, like, and remember, like, they the won, won that game at the free throw line, right? Like in rebounding by Pippen and Jordan. Yes, that's how they won that that game. Yeah. yeah so I'm like, I, should I do that? Actually, like, you know what? We should like do a, that. It sounds like a less exciting version of like basketball. the Lakers and Celtics in oh, 2010 Game Seven. You know what? You know what we should do. We should watch it. You know who should we invite to watch it? Who? Regular listener of One Nation Radio, Dan Coffin. So yes, yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so let's 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 uh let's let's do that. Let's let's do that. Let's do that. Let let's go watch Game Seven in nineteen ninety. Bring this pain back that, that he's buried away. Hey. He wants to be. He want, if he wants to be a guest host, he, he will send the invitation. Um. But yeah, on to actual uh, wrestling news. Um, we are recording the show in the middle of Monday Night Raw, so we have the we're going to just basically do the breaking news, which is breaking news like thirty three minutes of this podcast. But um, Becky Lynch has relinquished the Raw Women's Title um, because she is now pregnant. About to drop the um, album. Yeah, uh, I gotta say. For all the time, someone of the last, you know, five, six years when someone has become a champion. Actually, let's go back to 2011. Um, this decade or past decade or whatever else where someone has won the title or someone is champion or and they have to relinquish a title and go away for, for, for a reason. This has to be the most positive one ever. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy because uh, she's happy. Um it seems like they're about to make it into a storyline um, with Seth. I don't know. We'll see by the time we get to the end of uh, Raw tonight. But um, she, you know, she she comes out. She says that she talked about the fans bringing her to the top, and at first, or, or rising her, causing her to rise to the top. And she uh, she has the money in the bank briefcase, which is weird. Oscar then comes out. She looks furious as if, like, you stole my briefcase. What the fuck? And she says, I want you to, you know, you don't have the combination inside of this. Um, and you, this, um, you want money in the bank, and, but it actually was for something more than money in the bank. She opens the briefcase with the combination lock she has. The belt's in there. She tells Oscar she's champion. Oscar says, I'm champion? Really? And she grabs the belt. She's she's super happy. She starts dancing with the belt because Oscar, you know, has been out of her mind the last, like, three months. But, um... She then celebrates on top of the announce table and then comes back into the ring in front of Becky. And I'm thinking, like, is this some type of elaborate ruse? What's going on? And then she says, like, you're going to be a great champion. I'm happy. You know, if it's anybody I'm I'm happy for, for to be the, to be the, take on this belt, it's you. Um, you're going to be a great champion, a great fighter, a great warrior. And I'm going to go off and be a, and go off and be a, a mother. And, like, Asuka, you know, even though they have, like, probably the best feud in, in, on the main roster this year so far, like, she's like, you're going to be a mother. And then like, she's like, congratulations. And they hug and, um, Oscar's in the middle of the ring. And they're, it seemed like they're generally happy, which is probably, you know, their relationship outside of on camera. And then, um, 
Becky walks up the ramp and they show her crying tears of, you know, bittersweet tears of, you know, the, what, what, what she lost just now, what she just gave up and plus what she's on the road towards, um, going through is, you know, the, the sweet part, but yeah, um, this is definitely is a million times better than Roman saying like he's got to go fight for his life. This is a lot better than Daniel Bryan talking about how grateful he is. This is a hell of a lot better than Edge's retirement. Um, yeah, uh, I I really know if I should make a comparison to them. I'm just other than the fact is like those were the shits, and this one was like it's. I was happy the whole time. I, I mean, I don't know if you saw any of it. Uh, what, nah, what, I, I what didn't. But okay. I caught the news. I you okay. know, first thing I thought was damn. Shawn Michaels wishes. Oh, I mean, Shawn Michaels in the nineties wishes he was able to get out of you know dropping the belt after a year reign of beating everybody via pregnancy. You know, Becky Lynch, elite level working, James. Uh, this this is this is working like you know Lesnarian. Like I'm gonna beat your your UFC shoot fighter. I'm gonna beat your queen. I'm gonna beat your Southern Belle. I'm gonna beat. Uh, your boss, I'm gonna beat your other shoot fighter on the way out the territory on top, still getting paid. Yes, if if it sounds like it, what you're thinking, yes, it definitely is. Becky Lynch, finesse of the year candidate. Oh my god! All right, put on the list. Fine by me. It's fine by me. I don't care. Um, Look, and, and 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 when or if she comes back, she she walks right. She moonwalks right back to the belt. Yeah. Another thing about that is like we talked about. Is another part of why I'm happy is like I don't think there's any reason for her to ever come back. I think she should. I think she. I think. I think she should just. You know. It's Rappington. Like it's a dub. Like like. I, I was the, I was the biggest woman uh, this company is or uh, this I was the biggest push woman as a legitimate uh, athlete that this company has ever made. Um, if I come back, my fans might not come back. Just like we have the proof of all these people when they come back, uh, will their fans come back or they just tune out and be done, right? Um, then I'll get blamed as you know as a non-draw or whatever. I was like, how Edge is getting blamed right now, or Randy Orton. Well, and she's going out during the pandemic. She ain't got to stick around and right. like none of this with the rest of the belt. This is why right. I said this is just such a great move for her. Right. And also, you know, just recently we heard reports and talks about you know the Rock has you know has given her some um, guidance or or she is actually signed on with um, some of the same management that Rock has. Like, she clearly is a charismatic person. She clearly is a person that can um, that can deliver any moat dialogue. Hey, don't be shocked if you start seeing a pattern here. Like, of, of, of injuries. Of, uh, <laughs> oh, my during God. This, during this pandemic. Like, like Kevin Owens, for example, like, he hasn't been on TV. Like, and the, he's had this ankle injury that was apparently when he jumped off the WrestleMania side. But if you go back through it, his ankle doesn't hit, like, at all. So, I heard something about, you know, through back Twitter channels. I don't know how reliable it is, but talking about WWE wrestlers have their own doctors now. Like, they're not going, like, they're trying to run basically during this pandemic either to get some of these excuses so they don't have to work during this shit and and they don't get the heat either. Um, I I would not be shocked if this was like, you know, when when all this shit popped off or even before that. Like... I would not be shocked if this was the plan 
and this if it was elite level working by Becky. <laughs> I don't know about it being a plan or whatever else, but like given, you know, after what happened that came out during the Dr. Amon um stuff, uh, you know, during um the CM Punk um counter sue stuff, the trial or whatever you want to call that. Um, I would suggest y'all get y'all on Doctor Two because um, I mean it's inherent that they want you back out there to work, and uh, you know uh, they don't look team doctor slash staff doctors don't get paid because they keep you off the field. If you catch my drift. So I mean, like I mean, you can look around. There's a there's a million of, there's a now- million of those in. Go ahead. I was going to say, wrestlers, now is the time. <laughs> yeah. Just chill at home. She ain't got to worry about going nowhere either. She can just, just hang out. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, 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 um, I don't know what the future lies for her, but like, either way, like, if she, go, if this is the end, she went out on top for sure. Well, done it all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else was she supposed to do? Was she supposed to wait for Ronda to come back? Look, apparently she must have like got some wind that it wasn't happening or whatever. I mean, I don't even know about some wind or whatever else. I don't know if they were trying or not, if it was an accident or whatever else. Things happen right. as life, but like, look. Some, some say she has beat Ronda in two games oh now. Oh, God. <laughs> she beat her to getting pregnant first. That's what you're saying? Oh, my God. That's not what I'm saying. That's what some are saying. That's what some are saying? Okay. Oh, yes. I see you related real quick, though, right? You know, I, you know, got to gotta, gotta be swift, you know? Yeah. Um. I don't know what to transition to after that. I mean, after we just talked about uh, like about the happiness and the joy of you know Becky is you know could possibly moving on to something else. Now we have to follow up with like this 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 terrible news of or I mean I see it's doing a passing because I don't really know much of the details, but like yeah. Del Rio um, is in a is in this terrible uh, situation. Um, he is alleged to have sexually assaulted his girlfriend, right? His girlfriend, yeah, yeah, like and it, and it involves you know really gruesome details, um, bizarre so, shit. Yeah, some of which I I don't know all of them, so I'm not gonna go through all of them. But like the ones I remember, <laughs> she was restrained, she was assaulted multiple times sexually, um, all bad. Um, this is you know when it was interesting because like when I would hear the stuff about Del Rio and Paige or whatever else, a lot of the stuff sounded like. Up to a certain point, a lot of stuff sounded just like y'all are treating this, y'all are paying way too much attention to this relationship. Like y'all concerned for one, like yeah. Um, and then it got to a point to where they had the airport incident, and it was like, okay, y'all might be onto something now. Um, and then they broke up soon after that, and you know, now we're at this point. Now with the real, we're like every story you've heard about him, uh, pretty much since. His second return has been bad, all bad. Like the only like the see, yeah, so I'm man looked terrible in that mugshot. By the way, like looked like he looked like he was, uh, you know, uh, like wait, that man was starting to see spaceships on Bakehead. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> Yeesh. um, yeah, I just uh, you know, um, for his uh, significant other that that 
um, that went through that. I, I, I hope that she finds some sort of, you know, Justice. road to recovery, peace, whatever, after something that traumatic and heinous happens to you. Um, who knows? I, I It's just bad, but I, I, mean, yeah. I don't really have much to say aside from, like, you know, this is this this is a bad, terrible story. Yeah, um, just just an awful story, a terrible fall from grace, and um, I, you know, if he's they found out that he, um, you know, is responsible for this, and throw him under the jail, like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, um, you know, after the. It was a certain point with me where just like with once the once the Page Airport thing came or came whatever that's the first time I ever heard anything of something like even similar to this happening as far as him being physical with or whatever else is like then it was like all right and my my tune has changed before it just sound like as you said con- con- concern trolling then it was like now I have something to really actually you know um, so ever since then I've been like you know distanced myself from like liking Del Rio as the, an actor or whatever as a wrestling act like this is some real life shit and now this is like going far beyond the pale um but yeah um if there's anything else you have to say I we just move on to Money in the Bank from last night uh yeah let's 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 get to uh Money in the Bank yeah um a show that had moments uh actually a show that had lots of moments um a lot of good stuff a lot of bad stuff I probably go thumbs in the middle on this show. Uh, one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest things I go with is like, it was only like a two and a half hour show, which is like, do you know how great a two and a half hour show for for WWE pay per view main roster view sounds? That sounds like heaven. Um, just it sounds it sounds lovely. Like if this show had went another hour and a half, this show would have got a thumbs down for me probably. Um, I don't think they would have had more good wrestling to, to make up for it. But um, what, which match did you say you did you missed out on? I didn't see the two title matches. I, I saw everything else, like the two big title matches. Okay, so um, the first title match was Braun Strowman versus um, versus uh, Bray Wyatt, and it was Bray Wyatt in the. Uh, in, the, in the Mr. Rogers uh, sweater vest or sweater, and they pretty much just ran into each other a bunch of times and and had a had a uh, uh, they were slapping meat. That's best I explain it. They were slapping meat, um, and they were having themselves a pretty a pretty good little match. And then the puppets came out around the ringside barricades and. Then it turned into Braun or Strow. They kept doing these spots where like they would get each other outside the ring, and then they would like do you know Braun Strowman runs, you know, and Braun Strowman runs and takes and throws him into the or you know trucks him into the barricade. Braun Strowman gets out and he you know misses and gets uh, thrown into over the top, tumbling ass over uh, tea kettle, over the uh, announce table. Or, you know, Strowman gets back, is about to get back into the ring, and then Braun, like, wipes him out, and he ends up, like, you know, uh, falling off the apron onto the floor. So after Braun falls off the apron to the floor, they cut to a weird angle, and it's, it's, they, they did it. It was basically like Godzilla rising up out of the water. It, but it was Braun Strowman with the uh, sh- black sheep mask on. And 
I haven't watched any of the build. I remember, I think a week ago, I asked you, like, do you know what this build is? And the build is pretty straightforward for those two. It's like, you used to be a disciple. Um, I want you back. That's pretty much what it was. Put the sheep, put the black sheep mask back on, Bron. No, I'm not doing that shit. That shit's dumb, Bray. That's the whole, that's pretty much the whole feud. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that it's like, it's simplistic. I mean, like, it's simplistic in that, like, I saw it and I was like, oh, okay. That's better than I thought they some whatever nonsense they would have came up with if they, you know, left their own devices. So Braun comes up with the with the with the uh, black sheet mask on. Bray thinks that he is back on his team. All of the puppets, Sister Abigail, Huskis, the Buzzard, uh, the Rabbit, they all come up and they're like, Wow, you did it, Bray. And at different points in the match, they all pointed out that like Bray is having this inner monologue with himself, which obviously is him as himself trying to convince the the fiend that the fiend is not needed to win over uh, Braun. So the puppets start saying, "Yay, you did it! You did it, Bray! You're a genius! We didn't need the demon, right?" And then all of a sudden, Braun puts his hand around his neck. I think he choke slams him and then he power slams him and he walks off. And then all of a sudden they teased uh, with a, with a audio flash that like, this isn't over. And now you're about to get the fiend. Um, So they were having like three star wrestling. And then they went out there and they want to do their, their wacky storytelling. And it brought the match down. Way down. Have you you seen, have you seen? Have you ever heard that before? The Bray Wyatt match about about the storytelling and the shit has brought the match down. It seems like we're on a familiar track here. Yeah, um, looks like they got a one point six seven average on Grapple right now. So I don't I think, think I missed much. I think that's appropriate. I would say to you, if you want to watch it, I would say just watch it for the wrestling, and then once he's, once Bray pulls up the uh, once once he goes up with the um, the sheet mask, I say turn that shit off. Because I thought they, I thought they had a good wrestling match, um, but or the actual action was good, and then like all the rest of it, the storytelling and the nonsense, like brought it down really, very badly. Um, and then the other title match was Brock, Le- uh, Brock Lesnar, um, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. I th- this is it's interesting because like I've seen them have multiple matches before, and I've always thought they had good chemistry. But those have always been like those nine o'clock matches on Raw, whatever else. And, you know, now there's no crowd. There's no, you know, you know, we got to a point with Seth where it was like nothing mattered until you got the Falcon Arrow. In <laughs> um, this match, it was it was pleasantly good. Like, I mean, by pleasantly good, I mean, like, look at them getting over three, look at them going above three and a half stars. Check that out. So. <laughs> Um, I, I give it three and three quarters, but like I, it's classic WWE uh, pay per view main event title match. It, it was it was just everything you want, like straightforward match. They're re- they're technically wrestling. Uh, Drew may not be the better wrestler, but he's bigger and stronger, so he's able to overpower some of the chain wrestling stuff. Um, he's overwhelming um, Seth with the size. Seth goes and starts drop kicking the knee. He starts working over the knee. Uh, Drew has to fight through it and they go back and forth. There's some in- cool spots like they do a spot where um, Drew goes for a uh, 
he goes for a superplex into the um so he's on top of both ropes um trying to go superplex Seth he ends up uh attacking the bad knee he ends up in the tree of woe on the bad knee Seth literally stomps on the knee from on from the top turnbuckle and then he goes to try to do something else and then Drew basically just springs up and basically like Daniel Bryan monk you know monkey suplexing him off while he's in the tree of woe um there's a spot where uh you know they they basically trade like flash finishes to each other like there's a super kick there's a or sorry there's a there's a headbutt there's a super kick there's a claymore kick that was the finish like i i really enjoyed this match this is one, this is one of the best matches like Seth has singles match Seth has had in like a year a year and a <laughs> half two years <laughs> like this is like this would have been this would have fit right up there with like the 2000 early 2018 Seth stuff when he was actually on fire. So it, it was really good and I thought like given the matches that Drew has had on TV with Andrade or basically like the Zelina Vega army or whatever else like in the ring he's getting it done as a champion right now. Um I I I don't know how to, I don't know how you come to any conclusion other than he's been a very good champion so far. Um obviously there's no crowd or whatever else but he comes out, he has good matches, he kicks people's asses. You can see when he comes out and talks that he has a, a sense of humor and a, and a lightness and it's not like the same. As, and it, and it, he's found a way to kind of differentiate himself from the typical, I'm the champion now, it's how to be like the MC of the show, nice guy that they've been trying to make everybody since Cena became, you know, the top guy. Yeah. Um, he's found a way to kind of like be like, point out that like what he does kind of whacking, kind of like cuts it off before it goes too far. Um, so I, but I, I've, I've enjoyed his title run so far. Yeah, I might have to check that out. Um, he, he looks good with the belt and yes, he, 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 he feels like, it <laughs> feels like, like it belongs. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like it belongs. Like I'll give him that. That's one of the things that why we always said about him is like, he's always been a list of part all-star, especially since he came back, uh, through the NXT run. Um, it was just like, and I remember, I, remember, I think at the time when he had the match with, um, with Bobby Roode, I was like, he has the matches that Vince McMahon will want to put on his main event or whatever else. He's having better matches than those now with Seth, but like when he was in NXT, and he was having those matches with Andrade and in, in McIntyre, not McIntyre, but Roode. You knew that, like, yeah, he's definitely on a standard. It's only be a matter of time, and he's reached the destiny. He reached that peak already. Um. So I mean, other things on the on the card. I think you will watch. I think the opener, the four way tag match, was very good. Um, yeah, I saw that. It, it really felt like yeah. they actually adjusted to the empty arena, yeah. and to where it's like not like bothering the match, and it just feels like everyone's adjusted to the environment. Um, you know, I'm told that it just feels like people are doing matches like in, in practice or something. So that's what <laughs> it feels like for the wrestlers. So, uh, I mean, it, like as far as like, there's no adrenaline. Right, Adrenaline. like it, Sorry. correct, yeah. and, and um, you know, New Day ended up uh, you know keeping the belts, I believe. Um, it was jarring to see Kofi getting beat down by Cutler at certain points. It's funny, out of all the people that cut their hair in the group, Cutler wasn't the one that needed to do it. Um, <laughs> don't, don't don't start that. Don't start. Look, in the, in the words of Patrick Ewing and Michael Jordan, don't start that shit. Okay, so <laughs> look, and, and you know what, I I, I can kind of appreciate like um. Like they're hitting us in the head with the Forgotten Sons and what they are like the mm-hmm. the American flag jeans, but it's not too far. 
it where it's just like it's not the Undertaker sitting there in a Blue Lives Matter shirt saying, "Hey, watch my damn documentary." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You're right. There obviously is a lot of Americana, if you will, in the um, in the Forgotten Sons gimmick, and it's always been there. Um, I, I think it's quite interesting that like you were, uh, you know, you hung out with Swerve, and it's like, how come Swerve wasn't like ad- adopted as a Forgotten Son as well? Is, is it because <laughs> never mind? Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I really enjoyed the match. Um, I thought that um, it was it's interesting because you know they did the Michael Coleism where Michael Cole stops calling the match to get over the character, which is like cool but like got cut kind of find a balance gotta find a balance is like let me pause all everything i'll say on the action and then ruffle my other paper to where i have one <laughs> to give you the listicles all. yeah basically bios um but yeah one thing i noticed on the from this show or this match on to money in the bank when they introduced all the players in money in the bank um these build heights and weights are out of fucking control they build <laughs> cutler and Blake as two th- one was two thirty and another one was two forty. Um, no, they are Ain't not no that goddamn big. Ain't not no even way. close. Like they probably like a smooth two fifteen, yeah. two twenty five, maybe two thirty at the most. I on I, the as far as the bigger one. You mean like Riker? No, Rikers is probably a smooth two fifty. Rikers in the two fifty range. Them other two yeah. are not even close. Like both yeah. of them twos are under two twenty five. Mm. Um, yeah, but it, it was interesting. And then like you get to like Money in the Bank, and you see that they listed Baron Corbin is six foot eight, and I'm like, oh. bro, when they said he was six eight two eighty, I was like, he doesn't look like LeBron. <laughs> I've seen I, I I've seen six eight two 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 eighty you know it don't look like Baron Corbin. Can you fucking imagine? <laughs> we we used to have the we used to have the LeBron you bum of the week, right? And the only time that you could ever like find on the internet where you can have a comparison of LeBron James and Baron Corbin was us. We were giving him yeah. awards for being a bum. Outside of that. Hell no. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, you know, they said that they said that Ray was 5'6". They said that Daniel Bryan was 5'10". And I'm sit, I'm like... Daniel Bryan probably dude? a smooth 5'8". Ray probably a smooth 5'4". Five, 5'3", five, 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 or some shit like that. Yeah, it's just whatever, man. Uh, I, I just got a good laugh. I forgot to see what they said AJ was. They probably, At that point, they probably said AJ was a good 5'11". 5'11". They probably yeah. said 5'11". Line their asses off. Um, yeah, yeah, I, five, nine. yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, um, trying to think what else is on the card. Oh, Bailey and Tamina. Yeah, people hated this match apparently, and I watched it and I thought to myself, Bailey is putting in a very good performance here. It's a straightforward, it's a straightforward storyline where she's pl- she's being a chicken shit heel. She's playing with the with the monster. The monster gets pissed. She realizes what she's done. She realizes that she has made a terrible mistake, much like George Bluth from uh, Arrested Development. 
and she's bumping around this woman like a crazy person. And then she work, does some very, very, very good ass leg work on Tamina to neutralize her. They set up, they set it all up for a spot to where like Tamina is going to put her away with the super kick because you know that's one of her that's her signature move or whatever else. Bailey picks the super kick and slap and great, great in all in one motion catches the super kick, falls great vines the leg and goes for the ankle lock on some on some Kurt Angle shit, which I thought looked great. It was a struggle to the ropes. Um, Tamina has her beat. Um, who comes out? Sasha gets into the ring uh, to try to delay, um, distract uh, Tamina from pinning her. It worked because it bought her extra time. Tamina then follows uh, Sasha around the ring, gets back in. Bailey goes to attack. Tamina gets her up on her shoulders and is going for the Samoan drop. Bailey turns it into a crucifix pin and pins her. Yeah, I thought she was a dummy at the finish. Yeah, but... oh yeah, it was definitely all the bad babyface, but like, it's Tamina, who gives a shit? Like, she's yeah. like, she, like she's not going to become the number three babyface in the women's division. She is just a prelim person that they give a spot here. Like, whatever. Yeah, I, I can't really get too bent out of shape. It was just a... Just there, like I it, it just. Like a, I thought it was like an average point. ass match, mediocre match. I didn't think it was like people like, thought I, it was like a you know zero star match. I'm like, yikes. Nah, like I, I wouldn't go that far. Like I like this was not Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins in a Hell in a Cell. Right. This was this was not like an embarrassment to the profession like that. Right. But you know it was bad, and you know Tamina comes with like her own preset notions. Oh, of, yeah. You know, when people going into the match, like, oh, it's just gonna be so horrible because Tamina's in it. Yeah, it might be bad, but it's like, all right, she gets like, <laughs> I hate this. I hate to say this, but like, oh, God. she she never really gets an opportunity to, to, you know, show what she can do, and they're doing it on like what's essentially a throwaway pay per view in front of no pants. So. Well. I think we can live with it. If I think were, if they were doing this in fans, I don't think it would have got over because to me, it's not over. Yeah, it would have been worse in front of fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's all the matches. Uh, Bobby Lashley came out oh, and got rid right. of our truth. That's uh, right. MVP popped me when he cut a promo on our truth. Um, even though I don't really believe in talking in front of company like that, but um. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, just money in the bank ladder matches is the last thing. Yeah. Um I don't know where to start. Uh well, like I want you to be like, well, the beginning. Thanks, Rich. That's really yeah, cool. Um Okay, so the, the women they all do entrances for the women. They walk out side by side and like the basically like the the main entrance on the first floor seemingly, and then the men get inter, get their entrances and they're in the weight room because yeah I don't know. Um, they start fighting all along the weight room. Oscar uh, gets her entrance last. Her music hits, but no one knows why that where the hell um, she is. And then one of these geniuses decides, hey, I wonder if we should look up. They pan up. And Asuka is hanging off of the fucking second floor balcony and is dancing because she's out of her goddamn mind and I love it. She then she then does a floor dive to off of the second floor on top of uh, five women uh, that are underneath uh, marble tile. Right, like if this goes wrong, it's gonna go real wrong. Luckily, they all caught her. Um, then the men start fighting. 
there's a spot where Corbin grabs a weight plate and throws it into the mirror. Um, Corbin then is shook as if he's like, oh my God, I'm going to have seven years of bad luck. Like, thank God this was Corbin, not a baby face. I would have thought they were the, the biggest dipshits in the world. Like he really <laughs> thought he ruined his life when he broke this, when he broke this glass or this mirror. So there's more fighting. You get to a spot to where, uh, they're basically by a, a, um, a, a squat rack or really a, a cleaning, a cleaning, um, uh, section or whatever else for do cleans and they drop they put AJ on the ground then Otis picks up the uh, bar that looks like it is like over 400 pounds on it and he drops it right on AJ's not drops it but put it on top of AJ's chest which would give the illusion that he trapped him there to basically die or be left until the you know somebody finds him anyway Everybody's leaving out of that section. All the men are leaving, except for the last person to leave is Ray. AJ begs to Ray, please get me out of here. Please save me. I think I think Ray said, Da loca, which I think, you crazy. I think it sounds like you crazy, and left him to die. And I fucking, at that point, because you have Asuka doing dives in the middle of fucking cinematic wrestling off the floor, willing to risk her at all, uh... And you have them, you know, the Corbin spot, and you have, you know, one of the greatest baby faces of all time, like, like leaving someone to fucking die. I, I fucking howled at that point in time. This, I'm loving this match at this point in time. Um, Asuka, after the dive, she ends up getting to the elevator and going up. She's in the elevator at that point for like forever. Um, I, can, I can only assume that she didn't understand the numbers. Maybe, maybe not, but what? I, but no, actually, I'm gonna say no because she damn sure understood how to press that door close, like, like you know, the button to make the door close faster. She damn sure understood mm. that part. So, um, I th- look, she's been around long enough, she knows the number system. Trust me, um, like she she be driving, she knows the number system. Um, so anyway, um, the rest of the women, uh, all basically go up to some spot, some second, I guess the second stage or whatever else, because I don't know what floor is what, so I'm going to say the second stage. Get to the second stage, they all start fighting, and they end up stumbling into this money in the bank room, right? So it is at that point in time, it is Dana, and it is Carmella, and Shayna, and Nia. Um, Shayna and Nia dispose of two geeks, then Shayna and Nia have a stare down. Nia wins the st- wins the fight gets her gets Shayna uh, put down then Dana gets back up and grabs a chair and wraps it around Nye's back the this was the dumbest shit I've ever seen you've seen dumbers WWE so then <laughs> it, it kind of goes in my overall feelings on the match which well, I'll get to in a minute well this this is the thing for me this is what I thought they were going to do they did. They they show a money. In the, like I said, they're in a money in the bank conference room for some fucking reason. They show that there is a money in the bank briefcase fit, that's clear and it's filled with a bunch of money. So Dana sees it, goes on top of the table, grabs it, pulls it down, and I'm thinking, because she's a heel right now. Last I checked, or she's you know whatever. I thought she was gonna see that suitcase full of money and be like. Pfft. 
SmackDown Women's Title. Fuck that. I have a, I have 500 G's right here. I'm good. <laughs> that didn't happen. All of a sudden, they cut to an angle that is clearly Stephanie not in the building, pretending to be in the building and saying, Dana, the briefcase is on top of the roof. We've been telling y'all that for weeks, dummy. That's what I'm saying. Like, That's how the right. fuck, like... <laughs> Like, did she not know the rules of the match before? God damn it. I don't know. But anyway, Dana says, oh, well, thanks, Stephanie. And then she basically leaves the money behind for some fucking reason and goes leave out of the room. And then as she walks out the room, she gets decked with a right from Lacey Evans that, you know, her finisher, the WMD. And then Lacey Evans goes and runs off. Um, From the men's perspective, while that's happening, their stage two is... They are by some elevators. They're trying to go up the elevators. Um, and they end up in this section that's by like the like the waiting area for to get the elevators. And like they have like half of a ring almost around backs the other side of the wall. So Daniel Bryan traps Corbin's arms into the ropes, the top and bottom rope, and he starts throwing yes kicks. Otis starts doing the yes chant as he throws the yes kicks. Daniel Bryan sees that fucking geek and it starts giving him some. Uh, then Alistair's there, so Alistair's fighting. Alistair realizes, like, I mean, it's fucking stupid. I'm about to dip out of here while y'all fighting and, you know, go to, the, go to stage three. Um, so he leaves. After Daniel Bryan starts finishes whooping Otis, he's like, oh shit, where Alistair go? Let me move on to stage three. Meanwhile, while everybody, before that all happened, because I've missed this part, while everybody's getting to that elevator stage, Ray was behind with AJ leaving him to die on the 400 pounds of weight on his chest. He's trying to catch up. He goes by a bathroom. He hears a bathroom, uh, a bathroom toilet flush, right? So he basically stops in his tracks and like backs up and is like, who's in the bathroom? Who's out here taking a shit? I guess, I don't know. <laughs> all of a sudden, Bruce Pritchard dresses Brother Love comes out. They show up. They pan to Ray, or they cut to Ray. Ray has the biggest smirk, smile on his face, like, "Oh, you taking a shit, huh?" I don't know what. Look, <laughs> this and his uh, love of toilet humor is just a signature. But like, Ray finally caught up. Anyway, cut back to. Uh, I'm sorry. By that point in time, while all that's happening in the elevator, the women catch up, right? And they're trying to get to the elevator. Oscar's still in that elevator. So you, so all that wrestling is happening, and the elevator's been moving at, like, a glacial pace or whatever else. Oscar gets out of the elevator and goes to stage three. Um, then we go back to, I guess, stage two, where AJ has somehow, with no explanation, off-panel again, escaped death. In the, in the, like, like Just like he did in the, the Buried Alive match. It was like... Yeah, I was trapped on me 400 pounds. So what? Just like how you said, yeah, I was buried. So what? Just everything can be explained with AJ Styles. Just, so what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So he's looking for Ray to murder him because Ray left him to be dead, be left for dead. He starts looking around, trying to sneak, try to find him as if Ray is hiding, supposed to, you know, trying to rapidly run up the building to go get this, you know, uh, briefcase. He runs and sees, like, you know, they have memorabilia on the walls certain places. There's a there's memorabilia memorabilia of Ray's return at um I believe it's either WrestleMania 30, I think it's WrestleMania 35 or 
the Royal Rumble 2018 when he came back. Mm-hmm. One of the he, so Ray AJ's mad. He punches the picture. So he walks around another corner and he's spooked, and it's a picture of Undertaker at a WrestleMania. Then the next thing you know, he sees a room, and he's drawn to the room. And all of a sudden, the room he opens the door, and apparently, the room had not apparently, but the room has purple lights and a casket inside of it, and is lit up. And I think the Undertaker, I think the Undertaker music plays. I can't remember, but basically, AJ is shook that the fucking Undertaker has an office, has a office, a corporate office at HQ. For some God, for no God knows what reason. Anyway, as I said, Alistair Black was moving out of stage two to get to stage three. All of a sudden, while AJ is still at stage one trying to get to stage two, Alistair shows back up in his middle part at stage one point one and a half when he's really already at three and lock beats up AJ, throws him um, into the into. Undertaker's office and locks the door, leaving him to be left for dead, presumably again. So, now we're at stage three. Stage three is the cafeteria or some food eating area where Paul Heyman is there for some god for, for who fuck who the fuck knows. He's eating in front of a food enough food for like, I don't know, 20, 25 people. All of a sudden. The women come from stage left. The men come from stage right. They mean the middle like they're about to scrap, even though there are two briefcases. It's not like it's, you know, men and women fighting for one briefcase. It's women fighting for one briefcase and men fighting for another one. Whatever. All of a sudden, um, Dana Brooke, who's, st- or not Dana Brooke, uh, I, messed, I messed it up when I said that, uh, whatever, I'm not, it doesn't matter. Somebody that got their ass, uh, they had uh, they got their ass with a got hit with a um, picture and had it wrapped around their body. Stumbles into Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman had a sandwich in his hand, and the sandwich ends up like falling into Otis's chest. Otis catches the food that causes him to f- rage out, Hulk up, and yell, "Food fight!" Um, he, food starts going everywhere. Him is hit with the food because, of course, fuck his suit. Vince, ha, 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 I gotta get the fat guy embarrassed. So, um, it leads to Ray being choked out by Shayna for, for no fucking reason. Um, it also leads to, while he's being choked out, Otis from the right and Naya from the left squash him in the middle like a sandwich. Uh, and then after that happens, they have a stare down. I, <laughs> they have a stare down because they're both big, I guess. That's the only explanation for the stare yeah. down. They have a stare down because they're both big. Um, then from there, like I said, one came from one side, one came from the other side, and then they all dispersed by going in opposite directions, even though they're all headed towards the same they're both all headed up, but they're going left and right trying to get there, which means like, yes, I'm sure there are different uh, ways to get up there. However, like, that means that y'all just pass these areas to get there. Like, I don't know, whatever. It's confusing. So, next thing you know, they get to stage four. 
Stage four is like Vince's office and Triple H's office in like the boardroom or whatever you want to call it. Because you can see certain things you've seen in pictures before, whatever you can connect the dots. So Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles at this point, remember last time we saw him, he was left for dead in like stage one and a half. We're at stage four now. All of a sudden, he catches up out of nowhere, ends up at stage four, fighting Daniel Bryan. They fight around the boardroom. They fight into Vince's office, because if you've seen Vince's office before, he has the uh, the T-Rex head or whatever else. And then all of a sudden, you look, you're like, wait a second, is that Vince? All of a sudden, Vince says, hey, hey, what the hell? He's like, get out. They're like, yes, sir, sorry, sir, sorry, sir. And then they both basically, after, like, they moved some front. They, yes, they moved furniture. They, they had two table or two chairs. They moved around while they were tussling. And they put the chairs back in place, and they walked out. They get back behind it. And then Vince turns around. Before he turns around, he he, he, he squirts some hand sanitizer in his hand, wipes his hands, and then turns around, sits down, and starts scribbling into a legal pad, which is like, bro, you just... On this one table, you just squirted the uh, sanitize- hand sanitizer into your hand. You had a cell phone right there. And you were going to then turn around, go to your desk, and write into your legal pad. You have a fucking computer in your pocket, Vince. <laughs> You're writing notes in the legal pad. This is dumb. Whatever. So they get behind the door because AJ and Brian politely closed the door. And they said... You were at. You were such a kiss ass. You were so scared of Vince, and he's like, "What about you? You the one that told us to go uh, put the chairs back." He says that AJ. Uh, AJ goes, "Yeah, you're right. I did do that." Punches. <laughs> he says at the pause and says, "Yeah, I did that." Punches Daniel Bryan right in the face. They start fighting more. Corbin catches up. Corbin lays out both of them, I think, and then says, "I'm moving. I'm going to the roof, motherfucker." I thought that's what we've been doing for the past twenty minutes. Anyway, ceiling is the roof. Yeah, kind of. So then. Um, from there, it's time for the women to get at stage four to get to the roof. They basically fight a little bit. Asuka, uh, is then like, she has that huge headstone on everybody. She, apparently she runs into a janitor and says, and she's trying to, in Japanese, trying to say like, how do I get to the roof, motherfucker? This motherfucker's like, oh, uh, 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 and while she's pointing up and stuff, she, she, oh, uh, 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 I don't know. Real, uh, realize that the rest of the pack is on her heels. She still starts running. She goes up the stairs. There's more tussling. They end up on the stairs. Basically, the women get up there first um, to the roof, and it's basically Asuka. Only people, the only women that make it up to the roof are Asuka, Lacey, and um, Naya. Asuka keeps climbing. Asuka keeps getting knocked down. Asuka keeps climbing. Asuka keeps getting knocked down. They get to a point where they take out Naya. Naya's down forever because... Uh, Asuka dropped the ladder on her and put it, put it back up. They go back up the ladder, and Lacey's behind Asuka. Asuka then throws Lacey off the ladder on top of Naya. Then, all of a sudden, both the... Just keep in mind, the men's and the women's briefcases are right next to each other. Right next to each other, Rich. Asuka is now on the second to last rung or whatever else about to grab her women's briefcase. Uh, then comes Corbin. Corbin climbs up the other side of the ladder and tries to interfere with Oscar grabbing her briefcase when his briefcase is right fucking there. Oscar's, Oscar then, after being fucked with, slaps him in the face and then boots him off the f- 
off of the ladder and then grabs her briefcase. She wins the 2020 Women's Money in the Bank. Then all of a sudden, Otis, AJ, Daniel Bryan, I think all six people, I think all six men make it to the top. I think yeah. all six men make it to the top. So, <sighs> while this is all happening, Corbin recovers. He throws Rey Mysterio Jr. off of the building. To his doom. To his death. Or Ray Ray landed and gave somebody a hurricanrana at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, why not? Speak, speaking of hurricanranas, in the tag match, uh, Lince Dorado hit a dragon rana. That shit was awesome. Um, but anyway, then later, he throws Aleister Black to his doom as well. Now, right? now he doesn't have any high-flying moves that I know of like that, so he I probably mean, yeah, just... K-Bradas, K you know, whatever, whatever. Um... Uh, the thing about it is like all these punches are like have sound effects punches like these aren't like they they added effects to this so like after he throws them over the top you hear splats like like they're fucking street pizza on the floor like on the ground anyway um I forget how Daniel Bryan gets taken out I don't even remember but it basically comes down to AJ Styles Corbin and Otis um AJ lays out Otis. I'm sorry. Otis lays out Corbin. Then AJ lays out Otis with a phenomenal forearm. So he's he's down. So AJ goes up and climbs. Corbin has recovered. They're both on in different ends of the ladder. They both unhook the, the briefcase. They both fight for it. Elias shows up and he gets his vengeance for the time that uh, going into WrestleMania where Corbin murdered him. And he bashes him with a briefcase. Or with, I'm sorry, with the guitar, which makes Corbin drop to the ground and let's go to briefcase. As he does, AJ Butterfingers it and fumbles it, and it, it falls into Otis's hands, and he is the 2020 Men's Money in the Bank winner. And then he yells, Yo, Mandy, I did it, which reminds me, supposed to be like, Yo, Adrian. Um, I thought that until they start getting into the who's on what floor issues, which fucked it up, like the first like eight minutes of the match, I loved because it was just wacky and goofy and like what it should be and not taken seriously at all. Um, and then they start doing stuff where like people are on the wrong floors and people people are all of a sudden ahead and they're behind and, they're, and the pack's caught up when they're no reason why they caught up or whatever else and it just turned into a convoluted mess. Um, would I watch this match again? Probably because it was that ridiculous. It, it's a, it's a match that I think you should, someone, everybody should watch to show you how ridiculous wrestling can be. Um, was it a good wrestling match? Fuck no, it wasn't a wrestling match, but it was something that I thought was legitimately entertaining. Um, and yes, at times it was frustrating because of the continuity issues, but I thought that it was at points very on the nose funny purposely funny and also like a lot of times unintentionally funny too and for me it i give it one thumb up and i leave i leave it at that i didn't it laugh. Ain't wrestling though I, I didn't laugh once watching mm. this um i was watching it just like wow i felt like they were trying too hard to be funny it was like they were setting up every situation to like sight gags, you mean like the yeah, shit? It, it, yep, they yep. you can think of, but it just didn't land for me. Like I just was like, I hated the doink thing. It made no sense to me. I was like, uh, ain't even doink, doink. Like, I don't get it. And then like, 
let alone it being Otis that wins, right? And the way Otis won. <laughs> like he didn't you, win. Like, like two two dudes like, lost. <laughs> he didn't like, win. They, they, like they're gonna go ahead and let him eventually be the champion. Like no. you, you don't make Eugene the champion. You don't make the disco inferno the champion. You don't make Rikishi the champion. You don't make the hurricane the champion. You don't make Brodus Clay the champion. You don't make Hugh Morris the champion. Like one thing one thing yeah. I think is dumb <laughs> one thing I think is a bad idea was for, with them with Otis is the fact that like you only want to give him a title shot if it's going to be in front of a crowd to want to root and cheer for the for the for the lovable, you know, wacky, you know, baby face that's not really you're not supposed to take serious. Like, give him a title shot in front of people and then see what you have after that. Not like do it in front of no fans whatsoever. So for me, like, it's a bad pick from that from that perspective. But then again, who knows if he even like gets to cash it in. He might you know, lose it or Manny might screw him over because, you know, they love to have women screw you over in, in, uh, on WWE television. So, um, who knows? But that wouldn't be my choice. I, I agree with you. That wouldn't have been my choice. Even though I love Otis, that wouldn't be my choice. He wouldn't have been in my top 50 choices. Top 100 choices. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I did not find, like, the the all the humor and um, in the match and everything. It was just like I was watching it and I just didn't get it. It didn't hit for me at all. I, I stayed quiet pretty much during the whole review because it was like I, 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 it wasn't to be taken as a match, but I was it wasn't like just like I don't know, man. It just wasn't. You ain't like it. You ain't like it. Yeah, I ain't like it. Like <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to think. So let's move on to AEW Dynamite uh, last week. Uh, now, if you want a wacky ass, goofy ass match that was like not necessarily a wrestling match, but like had, uh, but but was like but worked on most levels. This is your main event from Dynamite with uh, Lake Sex Gods. <laughs> um, Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus uh, uh, Matt Hardy in Kenny Omega. Um, Kenny Omega uh, had one of the spots of the year. He he comes off a of scissors lift and like could have cracked his fucking watermelon if he wanted to. <laughs> like he goes he goes for like what was, what was it like a 12, 15 foot um, moonsault off Yo, of a scissors lift like onto the uh, onto um, three people or whatever else uh i i thought that like you really tempted fate i wouldn't have done that not for no damn tv match <laughs> um yeah he's out of his mind bro like when he started like going up on that shit it just, just felt like it kept going and you know how i knew like he was like trying to like he went up there and immediately did it he wasn't trying to think about it he wasn't trying to do nothing like that it was just like and i, I felt like he was sending a message to cody <laughs> oh, you want to do a moonsault, huh? Yeah, I think I don't know. At the at the first part, I thought that like, oh god, he's going to do a moonsault onto this crash pad thing, and then like, or actually, I thought that someone was going to you know hit a hit a move off of that, and then like uh, somebody got moved and got up, and then it turned into the moonsault thing. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like, was the crash was the table there as a setup for like, all right, 
if I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss forward in that way. Like if I miss, I'm going to land on this table to guide my fall so I don't die. But if I if I go too far back, I'm going to either break my ankle on this concrete or I, I flip off of them and I, you know, kill myself by cracking my head on the concrete pavement. So I was like, I was trying to think like, well, his idea was for trying to land this thing. And I was like, look at, you know, the more I think about it, it's like, you're right. It was just like, he didn't even have a chance to even look for where he was going. Like, he basically, like, had to judge it while he was climbing or as he was climbing up. Like, all right, this is about what I need to do. And then, like, once I get my footing, I just go. Yeah. Yeah, like, mm -mm, I I ain't risking it. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't have been me, brother. Um, Jeans on you niggas. Yeah. So, I mean, you have the the spot where, like, they're trying to murder Sammy uh, with the golf cart. Sammy takes meme of the year the, so far it's just like call, it's a jackass bump that, that's a bump straight out of jackass you you you're doing stuntman shit stop this like bro <laughs> that was like do you think like, do, of course you had to do the young metro to it it was just just amazing do you think that his hands blocked the bar or do you think that bar actually clipped his neck i'm not sure um i sammy's a bump god so he probably protected himself yeah um it, it looked it looked like he got just decapitated by the damn uh sidebar of the golf cart like it was just ugh. um yeah uh I'm trying to think what else happened uh janella and cody opened the show um they had a good match they had a weird thing where janella was trying to do some flippy spot off of like the corner of the uh of that ramp, it didn't work. So Cody can say like, "Nah, uh, how about I just punch you in the face instead, and we'll continue wrestling." Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a fine match. I didn't think it was great or good. I thought it was fine. Clash of styles, and you know, it's kind of good to see these rather than segmenting right. all these guys that right are person one. Yeah. So, um, what else? Uh, you, you go through whatever whatever uh, else is on the card because I don't. Mar- I mean, Marcy and Frankie Kazarian. That's I right. Re- I really right. liked that match. And, I did too. I did too. Um, like Frankie Kazarian showed up with the fresh line on you boys. <laughs> yes, this 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 man has clearly been talking to Jericho. Um, this man is clearly has. I don't know if he's a, it's a knife or if it's. I don't know. I don't know what you do in scissors. So, I don't know. All I know is that like Sammy, the hair was even more grown in. Yeah, like uh, all I would say is like Kazarian is also now to the plug. Uh, and I will leave it at that. Like that man, kind of like if you like, um, like kind of squint at your eyes, it looked like John Moxley was wrestling like a shorter Randy Orton. You oh know? my god! Hey, <laughs> since since we talk about Kazarian and Jericho right now, like when is Moxley himself? When is he too going to go talk to Jericho? Bro, he might. Not, this has been his hair for years and years and years, and it ain't went nowhere. You sure about that? Yeah, you sure that hairline's the same as it was 2014? Because I don't think it is. Because all right, so in 2014 he's wearing hair down a lot, right? But he cut the back a little. I don't know. It's <laughs> I I I think he needs it, his thing is like he doesn't have a moon roof situation. He has a receding hairline situation. Mm. So I I think you I need if you if you somebody that cares about that sort of thing, you know. Like obviously, there's a Piper influence there. Piper went to Hollywood. I don't know if you can go to Hollywood looking like that, my guy. You might want to go holler at Jericho. We'll see. We'll see though. 
um, the Moxley and Kazarian, like that match, though, like they wrestled the fuck out of each other. Yes. Like, and it was like, as you know, that Frankie's like really good. Like, I, you know, I missed a lot of Frankie Kazarian's career, but he's, you know, they made him, he's like, yeah, he's a Tazian guy, but he's a really good wrestler and he can hang there with, you know, the world champion and ultimately, yeah. you know, Moxley beat him. Yeah. And, and, the, thing solid, like, and the thing I liked you know, about it is, like, in theory, this should make sense that they could have a contested match. Like, this is a former, this is one of the inaugural tag team champions. Um, and he's wrestling the world champ. Like, this should not be some, you know, he dismisses this dude. Like, this should be a thing where, like, Moxie's a better person, but he had to sweat to beat that dude. And that's what this was. And I thought it was a very good match. Very well, um, really well done from a technical Matt base and chain based wrestling, um, um, at least start out like match. I really enjoyed what they were doing. Like this was one. This was a lot better than like the beginning of uh, Moxley versus uh, 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 Hager from, from a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, this, this, the wrestling was a lot better um, technically. Uh, yeah. So at the end of the match, uh, Dark Order came out and uh, right. put, put the boots to him, and Brody Lee is the challenger. Uh, Brody Lee cuts a long promo on Mox. Mox is like, all you had to do was ask, and uh, I laughed because I was like, wow, it's the WWE coming back to beat up John Moxley. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I thought that the line was like, Every time he does stuff like this, it makes me think of that Jericho interview where he talks about, like, a lot of my sensibilities to be, like, John McClane and Die Hard. And that line is, like, smart-ass. Like, he's getting his ass beat, and he's still a smart-ass through it all. Like, I-, I liked it. I really, I really, like, he really, he really understands and knows his character. Amazing <laughs> how that works. Um... <laughs> What, what do you think of the Moxley Brody Lee match? Um, I've got some varying opinions on um, you know who should win. Um, I think it's quite Moxley. clear who should win. Yeah, Moxley should win. Like yeah. the idea is like he's a standing proxy for Vince, so Vince should lose. Um, should he should like? Does that mean that like uh, I think that they shouldn't they should move on and like do nothing with the Dark Order in um, Luke Harper after that or Brody Lee after that? No, I'm just saying that, like. Moxley should win because, like, the story is he's WWE and you're going to have the dude that left WWE lose. That makes no fucking sense. And also, like, he's more, he's not as over as Moxley. So why would I, why would I change yeah. the title of the person that's less over? Um, yeah. But w- one thing I will say is um, in 2000, uh, when was 2015? February 2015, Raw was in Orlando. This is the one I went to Raw in Orlando, like, on base, like, three hours notice, right? Mm. Um, so more time than you had for the NXT Women's House Show. <laughs> uh, no, that was less time actually. But um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I remember like it's five o'clock. I'm like, I might as well go to this shit. Richie, you want to go? You, I think you were at work. You're like, fuck it, I'll go. No, I work, yeah. taking, flying up, I up, yeah, or not flying, but driving up there. Uh, but anyway, um, on that show, uh. That show's notable because that, that might be, like, the last show in WWE history that had, like, Dusty Rose and Ric Flair on the same show. Um, anyway, um, on that card was Ambrose versus Luke Harper. And they had a very good match on that there. And, like, it was weird because at that point in time, like, I, I really liked Luke Harper. I, th- I clearly thought he was the most talented wrestler in the Wyatt family. And also, like, it spoke for itself with the Wyatt versus... 
um, for the Wyatt versus Shield stuff, the end of 2014 for for Luke Harper. Um, but anyway, like they had a really good match, and like I, it always stuck with me that like I saw them have a really good match live. So I wonder what they did if it was like you know more time at a bigger scale if they could do it or what they what they could think of and. Here we are. So I'm interested to see. I already know they have good chemistry in the ring. So um, I just see. What, I just want to see what they can do with you know in a title match. Yeah, um, more uh, guys from. I, I think Brody's an interesting choice here, and kind of by proxy, uh, me. I don't think Moxley versus Brody Lee is some type of box office smash it's not. or anything. So. You know, I argued that they should put MJF in this spot this month, but apparently they may see bigger things for MJF and they're holding on to that. But what Mox, like, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for them. You know, like Cody and Archer going for the TNT belt. Kenny's in the tag team. We don't know what he's doing for double or nothing yet. So the next guy kind of on the thing, on the rankings and all that, that they've been giving attention to is Brody Lee. So makes sense from that perspective. Um, I, what I'm gathering is people either are willingly being confused by the rankings thing, or they don't know how these things work. And we've talked about that on the show. Um, <laughs> like there's not a single ranking system in the world that the champion has to fight the contenders in order. Um, right. If you can find one, let me know. Um, <laughs> but the, um, I don't know, like I, I, kind of a, kind of a strange match for me here is like more all right, WWE guys right out of WWE guys coming for the AW title uh, consistently here. So I, I would just like them to be, you know, conscious of that well my question for you would be and i mean i don't i don't uh this wasn't i don't i, I probably would have went with jericho again right and then like he beats jericho and jericho moves on to whatever else he's doing but that's not what he want to go with yet um i i wasn't in love with people people thought of like well this should well mjf could be next because like i don't think mjf's that over i just don't um and I, you know, given that the pay per views in a month, I don't know if they can build up enough tension to make you want to feel, make you want to, you know, see it in that way. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if this is a thing where you know, I don't know. Like, I don't think they were really good. Aside from Jericho, I don't think they're really good contenders at, for this cycle. For and given what we went through, like to get to Moxley versus anybody. So, if it wasn't going to be Jericho, I don't think anybody would have been a good pick right now anyway. So. Or a great pick. Like, I think they're, I think these, you know, if you went with MJF or you went with Harper, Brody Lee would have been fine either way. But um, I think the only one that would have been like, this makes all the sense in the world, given where we were storyline-wise, is Jericho. Right. And I don't know um, what Jericho's doing. Like, or actually, I'm pretty sure he's got to do Jericho versus Jeff Hardy. So, or, I'm sorry, Matt Hardy. So, you know. Hardy do him and Sammy against Hangman and Kenny. If they can get Hangman to come back, but... I, yeah, that's another reason why I didn't think of that because like I don't I don't know if he's coming back because he was yeah. coming back. I think he's been back by now, and maybe you know trying to you know they've been trying to build towards this eventual breakup between those two. That's on that's off the table right now because he's he's at home. Um, what else did they have? That was uh, around Nyla had a squash against yep. Kenzie Page, who was trained by Kane and Doctor Tom Pritchard. Uh, took some good bumps. 
So, um, nice video package for the women's division. They had the uh, 24-7 countdown voice guy. Uh, Sean Spears cut an excellent promo yeah. uh, about Cody, that scoundrel. Um, <laughs> and it, it was like, wow, you know, the I, I think I think Sean Spears is of value, and if he's just going to hate Cody forever in the promotion, like they always going to have to fight. <laughs> yeah, this is clearly the this is like uh, uh, what I like to call the Triple H promo, the Triple H Hill promo, where it's like he cuts this like halfway believable narrative promo uh, that like. Y- Makes all the sense in the world, given where they are in the storyline, except, like, the part where you have to, like, say he's full of shit is because he's a bad guy, and that's it. Um, and it's like, I don't know if this necessarily does that much help for the baby face while you're doing this. Like, the one I remember when he... Actually, funny, we just talked about that Orlando Raw. is like, they did that with him and Ric Flair and Sting, where he's like, you know what? Like, basically, Ric Flair's coming out there to tell... Triple H like you're not ready for Sting bro and then Triple H is like you know what I love you you know why I hate Sting because back in 89 when you were the man you carried that dude and he became a star and he and all he did was live off your rep and I'm gonna erase him for, for, for not like paying the respects you deserve and then like Rick says alright when he beat when he pussy on your ass, don't say I ain't warn you. And then he shoves Rick and he says, after he just said that like, he's doing this for Rick, he says, Shut up, old man. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this, Triple H? Like <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, like Cor- Cody, horrible brother, uh, was yeah, established by is, by Sean Spears, yes. and later we would find out he is a horrible husband as uh, well. Yeah. You know. Brandy uh, has a great promo and she talks about it's funny because like this was like I'm over a month ago. It feels it feels like when um when uh, Jake said that promo about Brandy about she's Cleopatra, which means that you know uh, Cody is Caesar and the eyes of Marge and talking about like are you you know said all types of like inappropriate things referred to uh, Brandy as as uh. Aside from the Cleopatra line, said, "Are you Cleo? Are you uh, seasonally uh, Cleopatra? Or are you, you know, uh, Bill's Monica, or whatever else?" And it's like, and so she basically is like, "Bro, you don't know me. Keep my name out your mouth. I ain't for this bullshit. Like that's y'all shit. Leave me out of it." So yeah, awesome promo, <laughs> so then, <laughs> presence, um, star power, all that. Yeah, um, she's she definitely can promo. That's all I want to ever do, though. I don't want to <laughs> shit else. Uh, yeah, so or she can just take this here job to Brit. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's gonna happen. God, that's going to happen. They they put it in motion. It's going to happen. Maybe well, look. Why can't they just cancel this shit now? Like how they canceled the uh, the the, the uh, Nightmare Collective? Just like this ain't this ain't gonna be a good look. This ain't gonna get either one of them over. Let's just cancel this shit. Um. Anyway. Uh oh yeah it was uh, it was QT Marshall versus Lance Archer. Lance Archer proceeds to beat the shit out of this goofball. He hit him with a forearm shot. And this what I this is what I this is a praise I will give QT Marshall. Oh, hold on. Let me let me make sure I'm sitting down here. He sold the fuck out of this shot from the fo- uh, forearm shot. He so like he had just been murdered. Like this was Dolph Ziggler in selling. Like it was incredible. Um, he beat the shit out of him. Uh, Brandy get 
Brandy and Britt have some exchange. I can't remember. Do you remember the exchange exactly? I don't know what people? what was happening. I think she got close, and then I know after the match, Britt jumped the guardrail and just hit her with the, J- the snake DDT. Yes, on the concrete. And then after that, after you know they dispatch of QT like he should have been dispatched, uh, they bring in um, Brandy. Jake goes. He's out there. He goes to the back. He grabs a snake. He brings a snake and puts it on Brandy. He then uh, lays on top of Brandy in push-up position, and he did basically everything but hunch Brandy. I was yes. uncomfortable. I, I don't know how you felt about it, but I was like, he can't. He too old to be doing this shit. Stop this, bro. I'm like, hey, whatever. Brandy was selling out, so she, yeah. immediate retribution. So um, I was looking for Cody. Apparently, yeah. they said he was like yeah. too far away in the Commenta- building or something. Yes. Commentary said that he was so far in the back from selling some injury. I think it was a knee injury in that match. I can't remember that. Uh, he would need a golf cart to get there in time. He doesn't have access to one of those. So he so he broke. Huh? So he had access to all that pyro though. Yeah, you know, sure so like, um, so like, so like, you know, about that is like my, this this lack of awareness, motherfucker. Your wife's going out there with someone you say is your friend in QT Marshall, right? Mm-hmm. And your ass is gonna be like, oh yeah, I'll see you guys, whatever. Knowing that this motherfucker busted your brother's head open the last time, literally last quote unquote last week or whatever. Not, like the uh, lack of awareness is stunning. Look, for my Cody. thing is this. If they want to use that excuse that he couldn't make it out there in time, I'm fine by that. But I need some type of update. Like, did, did they cut to him for interviews? I need some kind of update on is Brandy okay? Is she shook up? How pissed are you? Slash some way to get a mic in front of Cody after that happens. Like, there was a there was a whole lot of show after this happened, and it was like it was just dropped. And I, you know, I thought I figured that they would have touched on it. They just left it there, which I'm, I'm assuming he's gonna get a promo on Wednesday Next and week, then yeah. touch on. It. It's like, nah, bro, I wouldn't have done it this way, or I don't think it's, I don't think it would. It, I think it would be more effective to get that promo right then than wait a week on it after everybody's cooled down or whatever else. Um, yeah, uh, what should I think? Is there anything else of note? Um, uh, Darby Allen walked off on Taz. Oh, yeah. Taz told me pin himself. <laughs> yes, which is exactly why I thought like it was a terrible finish for him because you can say that to him, like, bro, you pin yourself, you dummy. And he was mad. He's gonna be mad. He was dumbass, Darby. Um, they announced that there's gonna be a casino ladder match. I yes. would assume, Money like, since there's gonna be no battle royal to have 30 motherfuckers in there, uh, yes. pandemic, but, um, so far, uh, Darby Allen and Colt Cabana have been announced. I'm waiting for Ray Phoenix to be announced because I know he's in Jacksonville right now, and he's on AEW Dark tomorrow night. But, oh, he uh, Alan, yeah, he's fighting Allen Angels, the dude that Kenny went six Allen, minutes yeah. with. Yeah. So, um, I would like to see Phoenix win and have him fight Moxley on TV at some point because this is what I mean about getting guys out of their comfort zones. Like, I want to see these cross kind of matchups like what does Moxley do with, with fucking Ray Phoenix like yeah that yeah, would be your, fucking great yeah get yourself out of like have these matches of styles clashes that's the reason why we all like enjoyed you know um like the cruiserweight division when we were younger it's like you have high flyers we have technicians and I mean now you know these days we have bruisers and powerhouse and everything else and it's to see the styles clash and what they can come up with when they put you know their 
their strengths together. So yeah, like that's how you end up with AEW, you know, being successful. I think like a lot of, um, like for example, we talked about that Moxie match, right? That broke mm-hmm. out into that broke out into a fucking strong style battle out of nowhere at the end. Like we didn't talk about that, but like that was the reason why like I liked that match so much is like or in two parts is like great technical wrestling, and then they opened up and started just like unleashing on each other, and it was interesting. Um, right. Yeah. So, anything else that you can think of? Have um, I think I'm. I don't remember anything. That's else. it. The street fight was fucking great. Like yeah. I like lots of fun yeah. watching it. Very two five five niggas to beat Kenny. But you know, <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, that's that's another one I forgot to bring up. So, uh, we always get on like everybody outside of AEW uh, for when they have matches that go for length and like it's a quote unquote no DQ match, and it's like why don't the hills just hop in and cheat right now? Well, in order to forget, they started getting out of the ring once like they had uh, the Bayface had a pinfall, and then. Hager decides to start cheating. He gets involved. And then at the very end, after like 20 minutes have gone by, at the end, to make the save at the perfect this, this time. Is a trap. At the perfect time are Ortiz and Santana. Like, I get what y'all are saying about like the why don't the heels just hop in these no DQ matches and cheat all the time? But it's like, look, man, if you want to watch that kind of match, go for it. I do not. Those you matches know. fucking stink. Watching five on twos for uh, off off jump. Those are dumb matches. I prefer. I if you get my choice of you got to fight two of the inner circle, knowing that it's going to eventually lead to this, or um, five on two off jump. I prefer the way they do it, where people just come out later. I'm fine with like I don't really you know I wish you could just say like you're banished from it, but whatever else. But like sometimes so think- you got to do these matches to get heat. So I think um, it was a strategy by the inner circle to lure them boys out that way and the stunt yeah. because of the scoreboard. Like mm-hmm. so, they knew they had to get them out there, and you know, once he was out there, are, the signal was given. Once he was in the air, are you saying the inner circle laid out this yes. plan, or that Tony Khan, the Booker, laid out the, the inner circle? It, I, I don't know what, what, do you, what do you mean by a Booker. <laughs> I don't know who like Tony Khan. What do you mean? Like, all right, all right. You know, this is a shoot, brother. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, yes. Yes, and I'm sure that Johnny Gargano and Kenneth Ray both uh, were the booker when they decided, like, yeah, we're going to go 50 minutes, and at the 48-minute mark, you come out, and then you kick him in the dick. <laughs> this is it's the same shit. Like, it's, it's the same thing. Like, you're going to have a fuck finish at the end. Do you want it for 50? Do you want it for the whole duration of the match or at the end? You decide. Like, it's American wrestling. This is the shit they do in American wrestling. I wish they stopped doing this shit. You can't stop them from doing it. Apparently, it, it just it, it, it can't find a way to just not do this in American wrestling or whatever. This is what they do. It's the lesser of the evil, I guess, in my opinion. I don't. I wish I'm with you. I hated. I hated the finish. I thought that like, goddamn, like. <laughs> no, so so the, so the Gargano and Chompa thing. I didn't. I never watched the match. By the way, you know, no, but, I, mean, I can go through a but, bunch of different matches you've seen before, where yeah. like, in WWE or whatever else, were like. It's a no DQ match, or there's interference in the match. It's like, well, y'all went this long. Why didn't you just do the? Why didn't you do the cheating earlier, or whatever else? Like, and this is like, this is just American wrestling. I don't like it when they do it, but like, it happens from time to time. They, I got uh, a good match for those parts, so I'm not complaining that much. Like yeah, another one would be um, that um, like four blaze. star. Hmm? I just had a timeline of blaze. Like, oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It was like. 
like one of those celebrations like on the timeline like okay that was happening uh all throughout the month of february when AEW finished with a great show like people were just happy to see this thing back live again and i don't know i guess just there's a different uh energy around it when it's live but uh, I, I don't know if this was better than their show from like two weeks ago, but I thought it was, I thought it was a very good show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, one of the things about, you know, doing one of these shows like on a Monday after a WWE pay-per-view is that like we have these Wednesday shows or whatever else in, you know, there's only so long I can stay mad. Mm-hmm. And so we're about to go through this NXT review. From from Bro, uh, last Wednesday, I didn't watch it like I watched last week's, but like this was another one of those takeover takeover pay per view ones. Bro, they, put, they, I, kinda, they put that kind of card out, yeah. Bro, uh, just every review ripping it to pieces, just seeing how bad like the structure of NXT is. Like it seems like this show was like it was like steak for anyone with long form kind of talking points on the direction of NXT. Oh, you mean like me? <laughs> oh, like me too. Like, I said a lot of this stuff too. Like, like the shit is just like like, okay. like we like we, we call what's happening like with the women's division and then like the men's division. We were talking about that uh you know months at the beginning ago. of last at the beginning of this year when it's like all right well like the best thing on is like the women or whatever else. It's just they have okay so Match first match on the card was uh, Gargano versus uh, Dijakovic, and it's a good match. The problem in it, they're they're beating the shy of each other, lots of crisp strikes, good wrestling. The problem is like over and over and over, they keep having Candice come in and distract this dumbass uh, Dijak. He keeps getting distracted and distracted and distracted, and eventually Gargano after like the twentieth distraction puts him away. So great, Dijak, you're a mid card baby face on this brand. You are not getting a promotion. You will be doing jobs to Johnny Gar- Jonathan Gargano. Fine, like I, I, whatever. I would have wished that like either you you give Dijak the win here or, um. Or find a DQ to get out of it or something. I actually really, like, if you're going to come to DQ, like, you know my point. Like, just don't put the match. Like, I don't think that, like, Johnny Gargano needs to win. Right get there? I don't <laughs> think Johnny Gargano does not need to fucking win. But this, in, but this is the thing, like, in a vacuum, it's not the end of the world. And just, like, we're going to go through all these finishes on this, on this, uh, all the big matches on this card. Like, these are not, like, the, the end, the camel, these are not, like, these devastatingly bad decisions. It's just that, like, once you do this on a card in the context of you did this all in one night, it's just all the fucking heat in the world. Right? Like, so, baby, so Gargano just cheats his ass off and wins that match. Really good match, but cheats his ass off in that match. Um, I don't even remember. Then they start having a bunch of short-ass matches, right? Uh, they had a... Tazawa versus Gallagher. Tazawa versus Gallagher was super short. Yeah, and it, it was fine. It wasn't, it, like, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Galler. Galler is not as good as he was. Uh, let's say two thousand seven. Let's say two thousand sixteen. He's not as good. It well, feels like it. watch these matches. Man's depressed. Maybe like <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but like this, this whole thing of like his work style. Like now that he's a heel is not like he's still good. But it's like before I used to be like every time I saw him I like I had a blast. Not no more. Um, 
Also, with the with the tournament, like they can't just chop these matches to like three minutes of, and expect people to take them serious. Right. The I, was, I was going to get to that after the second one, but yeah, you're right. Like this is the first one of the match of the night that goes super short. Um, it's a two hour show, and you have five matches that mattered, and only one of them didn't go super short. It's, that's a problem. Like, don't book matches that have importance, and then they all go super short. What the fuck? Uh, so. I just can't remember what's next on the card after that. I'm just gonna flat. I'm just gonna go straight. Chelsea Green, Zia Lee. Chelsea Green, Zia Lee. Uh, Chelsea ends up winning after um, um, Aaliyah comes out, and she's still mad about the broken fa- broken nose thing from months ago. Even though I thought that was squash, even dating back to um, before WrestleMania, but she's still mad. Uh, she is a dumb baby face stuff here. Zaya has a, has a match one. It's about to go for a finish. Aaliyah cl- single leg climbs up on the apron. Uh, Zaya takes her out. She runs and then turns around and she runs to a finisher from um, Chelsea. Uh, so it looks like from there, Robert Stone extends a, extends a hand to single leg. Single leg gets up and is now apparently going to be the paint eater for Chelsea Green in the Robert Stone brand. I don't know where Vanessa Bourne is. I don't know what's going on, but that looks like that's for Nito. Um, I think as far as a fit, given like what the Robert Stone thing has been with Chelsea and what Aaliyah's old gimmick was, I f- think it's a great fit. Uh, and if she's, she's gonna go out there and just eat pins to protect Chelsea. Fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll see her in four months. Right. Look, more heat. <laughs> but the, back to back. So what was the next after that? Because you have you have the lit thing up. Uh, yeah, uh, it's Killer Cross. Excuse me, Carrion Cross. Oh, Carrion Cross has a kick-ass entrance. Is but the problem is, it's more super super dark metal motherfucker of the day in NXT. This goes back to Sanity. This goes back to Aleister Black. This goes back to the uh, Ascension. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting other people too. The fucking lip syncing. Scarlet not being like sexy anymore. She's like scary. It's like, how do y'all make her less like appealing? Like Scarlet Bordeaux of all people. Like the the cringe lip syncing of the song and oh my god, it it was just so much. It was like, all right, you y'all know what I'm gonna say. We're gonna know exactly when they give up on this dude if they do right. All the fucking smoke in the ring is just so overproduced and yep. like just exhausting at this point. Yeah. Um. Oh, I forgot Rhea Ripley when I went to the talk about the uh, people dark metal and, and whatnot. Yeah, it's yeah. another one. Um. Yeah. So they. That's that's the new one. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, he squashed. Um, he squashed somebody with like fucking yeah, like choke with like choke suplexes or whatever else. Um, Leon Ruffy said, "Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, look at she's, look at the cheeseburger influence. Look at it. Um, yeah. Next match after that was it the <sighs> Candice Yep, in Charlotte. Yep. Um, they're having a good match. Uh, the match it only goes seven minutes, but by the time they get to like the six five minute match, or whatever or, or mark or whatever else, the match starts getting very good. It leads to a um, moonsault from Eel off of the top rope." onto the floor. Um, she misses it because uh, Charlotte gets out of the way. Charlotte uh, grabs a kendo stick, hits her with it. 
then proceeds to for the for the DQ of course fuck finish. She proceeds to beat the shit out of uh, EO and is targeting the leg and is about to go for the Bret Hart uh, leg figure four. Rhea runs out, makes a save, and then EO is mad at Rhea even though Rhea just saved her from being put on the shelf because the match was already thrown out because Charlotte hit her with a Kindle stick with as I just mentioned. They come go to Mercer Break. They come back. Oh, like, this is first. Go ahead. So is Charlotte like a baby face or no? She's a heel. Because I've been hearing different circles like she's actually supposed to be a baby face or some shit. But like, look, this is what I'm gonna say to you. Uh, a few months ago, we were also hearing that like they were going for Seth with Messiah shit to be Bret Hart '97. Does any of that reminds you of Bret Hart '1997 yeah, to you? I'm a, so. Like people say a lot of shit. That's what that's basically what I'm coming out. I'm gonna tell you what it comes out when they look at it on TV. She's a heel. Eo Survivor is a Charlotte. You can only do the match one for the first time, one time ever. And this is what they decide to do. This Seven is why we can't tr- like this is why we can't trust uh you know WWE a lot of times. Like there I thought this was no BS, James. Like what right. what, what is this? Um, the fourth time we got BS in span of like an hour and fifteen minutes, hour and ten minutes. Like the right. match we just went through, every match had fucking except for uh, the Karen Cross match had fucking heat because uh, a heel cheated, right? Um, next, I, I don't even know what the next match. Oh yeah, so after they go to commercial break after uh, Rhea made the save, they're outside on the uh, outside the, outside the compound, the campus, whatever you want to call it, full sale, and. For a month, Rhea Ripley. <laughs> yeah, they ask her, you know, we the first time we've seen you since WrestleMania. Since the WrestleMania match was going on, blah blah blah. She goes try to answer. Eo comes out and says, "You, you, you know, fuck you, basically, or whatever else." And they start arguing. There's a pull apart, and we don't know what the future holds for them. It, I mean, to me, it looks like they're headed towards a three way. I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. Next, uh, what was the next match after that? Kushida and Jake Atlas. Yeah. This match is where I had my fucking breaking point when I started to realize what's going on. Like, um, or before I fully turned on the show, because like there's good wrestling going on on the show. It's just like the decisions and the booking is fucking up the what's going on, what I'm watching. So those two go out there and proceed to fly around, flip around, have great technical ability. It's a Kushida match versus a dude that can fly. It's a great match. It goes like. In my mind, I'm like, holy shit, this only went like five minutes. She'd have beat some um, by catching him, um, catching him in some type of flying arm bar, gets, the, gets the pin. And the thing for me was like, huh. So, y'all just had a cruiserweight match, cruiserweight tournament match go short before, early this night. This second one on the card, this one also goes short. You are setting up your group final for this block, group whatever you want to call it, to be... 2-1 Okashida versus 1-1 one one Drake Maverick where Drake Maverick has to beat Kushida to, to win on the tiebreaker uh-huh. and the person he lost to just got dispatched by Kushida inside of 5 minutes that's fucking dumb <laughs> so I'm just like another part about it is like it went super short and it just hurt Drake Maverick, in theory, and like they were having, what they were doing was kick ass. Like, and it's Kushida. He can go twelve minutes. I've seen it on your own <laughs> fucking television. I've seen it. 
He had a four and a quarter match with Walter in, uh, last year on NXT. Why, why can't we watch this dude wrestle for a long period of time? I don't get it. Whatever. So, <clears throat> what, what a step up in his career. Yeah, right. He's, he's going to be the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Uh, so, the interim Cruiserweight Champion. I'm sorry. You know, uh, but You're anyway. Right. So, <laughs> so, then after that, I'm like, well, it's like 9.20 or 9.30 or something like that. I'm like, what could they possibly be doing? Like, is, is Velveteen and Adam Cole about to go 30 minutes? What's going on? No. Jesus, I hope not. They, <laughs> maybe in 2018 or 19. Uh, so, they cut to... And I forgot about this. They had a prom last week. They promoted that uh, you know we missed out on Velveteen versus um, Finn Balor from last week because someone attacked Finn Balor and ransacked his locker room. Even though they showed the locker room with no sight of Finn Balor, Finn Balor is there to address who who may have done this. Um, it turns so he basically says, "I don't know who did this, but I'm going to find out." And when I do, I'm on your ass. This promo was terrible. So, from there, he goes to the back. He basically said, like, anybody, anybody, anyone, I'm, 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 anybody, everybody's suspect, so look, be able to look over your shoulders, I'm going to find whoever did this. So, he started doing all these insider shoot comments. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, nigga, what? (laughs) Oh, yeah, he said, like, you think, oh, yeah, he's like, people are trying to hurt me to get a push, but... If you, if you're gonna run into me, and it's gonna be a squash. He says something basically like that verbatim, uh, or very close to what he said. So not verbatim. That'd be the opposite of verbatim. Uh, so, <laughs> so then out comes Cameron Grimes against I think Denzel Dijonet. Yeah, I'm telling you, bro. This this cheeseburger influence is there. So anyway, he goes for his mo- for the double stomp. He misses double stomp. There's another move. He hits a double stomp. Then he gets on the mic and says to says that like there are people out here like Finn Balor is talking that shit and I and I don't, and I don't know why he's talking this reckless because if I ever see, if I see him I'm slapping across his face he keeps talking and keeps talking cash shit as Balor walks out and he has his face like motherfucker you said what he walks out he gets face to face with with uh, <laughs> with um Grimes Grimes is like hey bro I'm not you know. Like, I was just talking, bro. Like, this ain't the time and place for this kind of shit. And he basically bitches uh, and hoes Cameron Grimes. He whoops his ass, and then he goes to the back, which is like, okay, so he just whooped the dude, just squashed the dude. So, who got over here? Right. Like, that did nothing for Grimes. Grimes is, like, Grimes is looking up at the stars uh, after this. Uh, anyway, this is my somebody's big, whatever. So, I'm like, okay, so, y'all did that and wasted, uh, it's probably like five minutes, six minutes. Y'all wasted that time when you could have given that to Kushida and, and Atlas. And, like, we still don't know Atlas. the second time we ever seen, or, no, uh, no, the second time we ever seen Atlas. Very early. Or the third the time we've seen Atlas. Like. Let's see what he can do. Like, he looked spectacular in the match he had with Sheeta, but it only went, like, five minutes. And when I found out after that, it didn't, in fact, go five minutes. It went closer to three minutes. I got even more mad at the time. But it's been days, so, like, even if you hear how mad I am now or whatever else, it was a lot worse uh, then. So, then we get to the main event, NXT title match. Adam Cole versus um, Velveteen Dream. They begin to wrestle 
like they're up against the clock and is running to a going into a sprint. Seven minutes and forty eight seconds. Okay, so the problem with that is it went through a commercial break, so there it went like it went like nine minutes or ten minutes or whatever. Gotcha. But whatever. Um. No, actually, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like it started. It was like nine forty nine or some shit like that when the bell rang. So they're wrestling, and it's like okay. They're wrestling and he and Adam Cole is looks like he's about to be put away. Out comes Undisputed. Undisputed comes out down the ramp. All of a sudden, Dexter Lewis comes crawling from underneath the apron. Then all of a sudden, Roddy comes charging at Loomis. Loomis uh, throws him up onto the apron. The ref, by this point in time, is out stuck and stuck his head um, between the ropes to tell the riffraff to go away. Um, ends up being a ref bump. Um, when at, when he is thrown up in the sky into the ref, um, Velveteen, because it's two and one on the outside, helps even the odds with with a uh, a dive. So clears off all the riff raft that happened on the outside. Climbs back into the ring, eats a eats a super kick, eats a and eats a knee the last ride, and he gets pinned. So it's like Jesus Christ! Like think of these last. Think of these last uh, Adam Cole title defenses since Survivor Series. He has a match with uh, Finn Balor that was built up. Finn Balor has him beat until Johnny Gargano comes out and he's distracted and Cole basically hits with a super kick and knees him. Um, go to the Portland match with Ciampa. They do all the same interference from the two out of three falls match from NXT um, New York with Gargano from the first Gargano um, Cole match. Except this time, Adam, after surviving all that, out comes Gargano, hits him with the belt shot, pins him. Then you have more inter- uh, this match with the interference. It's like, all right, you've done three straight fucking title matches where inter- interference has led to saving Adam Cole's ass. I'm done. We need a new champion. We need to build up somebody to take the belt off of him because y'all out of ideas with the dude. I, I was going to ask, does it feel like Cole's even the central guy on the show anymore? And how long has it been since that's not been the case? I don't know who the central guy is on the show. I have no idea. I think that's a sign. Who's the top star in NXT right now? I have no fucking clue. Right. And it's like... It used to be Johnny. They've, they've fucked that up. Uh, before then, it was, I mean, I don't know. It's like, done now, but it can't like be Johnny they, again. This got uh, this match got abused in the head-to-head ratings uh, against a street fight. I'm like, what a this, shock! Like an uh, absolute like I'm talking like high eight hundred thousands to like five hundred thousand live viewers, five ninety three or something like that. I and it's like, shocked. why would I be shocked by that? I just as te- I just detailed to you that all the show was fucking heat. Yeah, and, and, and not good matches because you want to call these matches because you don't want to beat anybody. Yeah, it's it's after you after you spent weeks promoting these matches and then you don't want to beat anybody after you promoting them. Yeah, you boy, like fuck off. Yep, uh, and it's like this is a different company. This is a different NXT than NXT was twelve months ago. This um, is a different company than NXT was four months ago. This is a different yeah. NXT than it was before. Like, you look at this stretch from Portland to now, this is totally different. Yeah. Obviously, you have the stuff of, you know, the uh, the um, the pandemic. It's changed the way, you know, the wrestling has been do- being done or whatever else. However, like, 
you watch that takeover show and you're like, this is still the be- this is still the best wrestling, this is still the best American uh, in ring product we have. Um, now <laughs> they they they're booking as if they don't know what's coming next week. Yeah, uh, like, it feels like they're feeling the pressure from I, a lot of different angles. I mean, they did a lot of hot shotting to get to uh, Portland, but at the same time, they could have recalibrated and just simply put people in spots and push them to certain levels. And they didn't know that. Like, well, really the only, or since WrestleMania, the only person that they really did that with was like, or not at WrestleMania, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like they put EO in position to be the title contender. Um, they just fucked that right by, or by, I don't know, or, or whatever else. Who Bro, knows she, they do that? Didn't she, like, didn't she win a ladder match to just get won this a la- match? She won a ladder match to get that match. And then they, so it's it, like, what's the fucking point? Like to do a, if, to do a, a fuck finish. To yeah. It's even further. It, it's, it's so dumb. It's, it's lazy. like, it, it's lazy. It's like, why do we care about the ladder match the next time you do it for the number one contender? Like, it's just like simple rules of booking that they're just feel like they're being just violated. And it, well, this is like shit that just will come back to you at the, like at least expect it. And, and you look up and it's like, wow, we've set a trap for ourselves. That's been three months in the making. So like next week is, um, Thatcher in riddle versus, Undisputed Era, uh, right? Undisputed, uh, not they, they've ran through that already. Oh, uh, through Imperium, uh, Eichner, sorry, Eichner and Bartel. Yeah, so that's the only thing I think is on tap for next week. But you know, we better get a whole lot of fucking answers because, like, um, obviously we, we know we're going to get to um, uh, cruiserweight classic, uh, cruiserweight classic, two cruiserweight uh, tournament matches, whatever else. But like outside of that, I don't know what else is on tap. And but they need to figure, they need to get some answers on what the fuck they're doing because. Like, like they have no identity. Their roster, their roster positioning's all fucked up. I, I can't, I can't tell who the top baby face in the men's uh, singles division is. Um, I don't know who the next potential uh, content, title contender is, which is like you should be able to see that come around, around the corner for easily. They, they have no one set up. Um, the women, I, I don't know. I don't. That's know. a Charlotte like, vortex. Like, like I don't know. Like it could be a three way. It could be EO and Rhea. F- fight to get to Charlotte. It could be the rematch from WrestleMania. I don't know. Or it could or they could run back EO versus Charlotte, but like if you do that, like that rating is gonna tank because you just fuck your fans uh on Wednesday with that nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. The Cole thing is like really like becoming a glaring issue. The I only, think the only thing I can think of for him right now at this moment is to either A, they need to get uh, riddle out of that shit, or, or actually, he beat Riddle too. <laughs> but that was, but that was in November, or not November, October. Yeah. Um. The problem, like, I don't know, like they don't have a good options. The only one I can really think of that would be intrigued by is like, you know, last year around this time they did tease that they were going to break up uh, Undisputed Era. They could tease that again. Um, and then do, and then finally do strong versus, uh, Cole. But outside of that, I don't know. Like, and the weird thing about it is because of that finish, like that just leads you to believe they're going to do Cole versus Velveteen again. And I'm like, I just saw the seventh minutes in a sprint. I don't want to watch it now in front of no fans for, for, uh, 18 minutes. I'm good. What do you make of the new NXT main event talent, Dexter Loomis? I don't know what they're. 
I don't know. I think that they're probably about to end all of this said and done. Like they're going to do an odd couples tag team of with, with uh, Velveteen and, and Loomis, and you know, it's fine. I I don't know. I it, like I like uh, the Loomis match from a few weeks ago, the singles match. I enjoyed that match, but it's like he's playing a character, and it's like I don't watch NXT for characters. I watch NXT to watch the best wrestling in America. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm like the best in ring product in America. Like in, in simple booking, like take that shit to the main roster, bro. Like put him, put him with Bray Wyatt. <sighs> yeah, Dynamite was great. <laughs> yeah. So, um. I think that's it. I don't have anything else. Yeah, yeah. I think that's all. Thank you guys for uh, listening to the show. If you guys feel so as moved to make a donation to the show, y'all know how to do it. Uh, we appreciate everybody that has so far. Uh, I'm a filibuster while James gets ready to uh, close this bitch down. My phone just died, so I'm the in my head. Uh, yeah, be thanks for listening to the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Uh, tell the folks about the Soul Suplex Podcast Network. Um, also, shout out to our uh, friends at um, PowerSlam.tv to sponsor the show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, uh, independent pro wrestling have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code Soul Suplex to get your free month's trial. Um, also, um, check out prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise. And also check out the other shows on the social suplex podcast network on, uh, Sundays or Mondays, like days like this, you have, um, one ish radio on Tuesdays. You have keeping a strong style on Wednesdays. You have the Ricky and Clive wrestling podcast or the wrestling show. Show. Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on every other Wednesday. Hope to see him back soon. Yeah. Um, Every other Wednesday, you have Grown Men Watching Shit. On Fridays, you have Get in the Ring. And on Saturdays, you have All Things Elite. Uh, Thanks for listening. Peace. Later.